This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news updates with Kathy Romano. Today's Tuesday, September 6th. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. In the news this morning, Philadelphia police are investigating more than 20 shooting incidents that took place over the holiday weekend in Philadelphia. Since Friday, 33 people were shot. Ten of those victims died from their injuries. In the past three days, the King Sassing neighborhood has seen three shootings, one of which was fatal. In the city's Hunting Park section, two people were killed and four others were wounded in a shooting early Monday morning. On Sunday, Police say a man was gunned down after an argument in a restaurant drive through Lane. In a tweet, Mayor Jim Kenney said the amount of violent incidents over the weekend is devastating and unacceptable. Philadelphians deserve to be safe in their communities. My deepest sympathies go out to all of those affected by this senseless violence, especially families that have lost loved ones. Philadelphia's homicide count for 2022 now stands at 368. Around this time last year, 361 homicides were recorded. At this point in 2020, 309 people were killed. In response to the weekend violence, the nonprofit City of Dreams Coalition announced plans to go door-to-door on September 21st in an effort to reach people and stop the violence. It's the first day of school today for many children throughout the region, uh, but it's the first day of school in a brand new school for students at the new Black Rock Middle School in Villanova. The school is for Lower Marion School District students in grades 5 through 8 from Penwin and Gladwin. Some of the students got a sneak peek last week. Approximately 1,000 students will attend Black Rock. 5th and 6th graders report today, and 7th and 8th graders will report on Wednesday. The start days are staggered to help everyone get used to the new building. This year, there's a new grade configuration across Lower yeah. Marion School District. I was wondering, five That's to interesting. eight. Five yeah. to eight. Okay. Yeah, so fifth graders are moving to the middle school level to ease crowding in schools. Huh. All right, and ninth graders uh. are going right to college. So <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, one, middle school's weird, man. And, it is. And I, I didn't realize how... Like, my kids hated middle school. Yeah. Like, it was the worst of the batch for them. What and was your run in middle school like? I, Did you like it? Or high school is really the money shot, By right? the time I got to eighth grade, I thought it was great. I, yeah, I, yeah, that yeah. was That was one of my favorite years of school, <laughs> right. to be honest. Eighth grade was. Uh, but uh, but fifth grade, mingling with the people that are a little bit more into puberty. Yeah. yeah. Seems like... You know, there's bullying and all kinds of things that can happen. It's a little scary. If you're a fifth grade boy, uh, an eighth grade girl is an adult to you. Yeah, you totally. Know, like, totally. Oh, yeah. You are still a child as a fifth grade boy. Yeah. Oh, there's that awkward yeah. growth spurt that takes place where the girls start growing much quicker yeah. than the boys. Yeah, yeah they didn't. Even, even go, I'm sorry to interrupt, Casey, but going up to high school, though, I remember like uh, freshman year looking at the seniors. I'm like, these people are like 30 years old. <laughs> <All right. Yeah. laughs> well, know? so we work with Chuck, who went to, where did he go? Collingswood High School. And their high school was sophomore through senior year. So their freshman year, the ninth grade, was actually part of the middle school. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, Until the year that I moved to the high school, my sophomore year was the same year they shifted like this. And they moved the uh, uh, the oh. freshman up to the high school, so I got lucky. We were never the youngest. Yeah, and my my class was never the youngest. And which I went was wonderful. You know, I went to Catholic school, so it was kindergarten through Everybody. eighth grade. Yeah, yeah, and then you know freshman year through through. And how senior was year. it? Like as I was, guess as a kindergartner, seeing eighth graders, it's like it's fine. And so, and where my kids went to school or and go to school, <clears throat> like the eighth graders are sort of like tasked. And to help have like a buddy or foster something. and look after you had they have right. pra- they have prayer partners right, you know right, what right. I mean it's like teach oh, them how to drive uh, no, not not quite <laughs> that but um, yeah but then I look at like 
freshman year, you got these 14, 15 year old kids, and then the seniors, and sometimes you get those like creepy seniors that are like hitting on freshmen, creepy you know? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's totally creepy. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Creepy right, seniors. Yeah. 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 Creepy senior. Oh, yeah. Come no. on. Convic- it wasn't frowned at at the time. <laughs> well, you, you, you seem like an adult. You were very impressive. Senior. <laughs> well, they also. I bet he has a stock portfolio. They did it in my college too. There was like one fraternity. <laughs> they always had the big parties in the beginning of the year. They never threw parties at the end of the year. Always in the beginning of the year to lure the freshman girls in. Oh, I hated it when you the know? college professors would date kid- kindergartners. <laughs> I thought, wow, that is just <laughs> inappropriate. An accepted thing at the time. I can't believe we have a creepy senior in the studio. I had no idea. Stranger danger. Stranger danger. Get me out of here. Uh, as for the new building, the gym and the auditorium are not quite finished yet, but are expected to be done in the next month. In the meantime, PE will be held in other spots on campus. The grand opening ribbon-cutting ceremony will take place next month. By the way, that road is finally paved and redone. It had been a giant pain in the ass driving down it for a long time, and so they've completely, uh, the, the renovations to the school, the brand new school, has actually made the road really nice, and it's taken a long time to get so there. Where Where is it? It's uh, so um, past County Line Road. So if you come up, you know how 320, I think, was actually closed along there's that restaurant there that i'm forgetting the name of but 320 was actually closed for a stretch oh i know what coming north about. from the school expressway oh uh, the restaurant's name is creepy seniors no, no savona <laughs> savona that's it yeah oh, i know that place savona yeah and Savoner. so the, the road next to that is i remember where, when that was all closed where yeah. the high school is yeah oh, okay it was just a uh, giant pain in the ass the boner it's right next to right creepy seniors. Actually, it's an awesome restaurant it is yeah. Yeah. really good food but getting to and from was not easy because that road was under construction forever Hard they have a dessert to. with ice cream <laughs> And yeah. you pour uh, the espresso on it. Oh, oh. Affogato. Oh. Same menu face. Is that what that it's is? It's delicious. It's fantastic. I, I tried to make it at home. No. 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 Not even close. Uh. Preston, I had the greatest um, um, grilled cheese and tomato soup at that restaurant, except it came. It was like mini. It was like the teeniest thing ever. Oh, really? And I was no, but I ate it. I was I like, know. "Oh my god, that was the best thing I ever had!" And it was so small, <laughs> but it was delicious. It was like five cheese sandwiches worth jammed in one tiny like, yes, itty bitty sandwich. Like, like I got it, and I was like, "Oh mm. really?" But it was when so your cutlery is like a pair of uh, tweezers. Yeah, yeah. No, yes, that's what it small. was like. Yeah, like that mini stuff. Labor Day weekend has come to an end, and many people left the Jersey Shore early Monday to avoid traffic, but most drivers said that the 2022 travel was much better than they expected. Oh. At times when traffic is usually bumper to bumper on Labor Day, there were some minor delays and the bridges were clear. Uh, the 42 freeway did see heavy volume at times. For those who traveled by plane this Labor Day, things seemed to be faring well at the Philadelphia International Airport. According to a spokesperson at the airport, Monday is considered to be the last peak travel day for the long holiday weekend. Uh, the airport is seeing roughly a 17% increase in passengers this year compared to Labor Day weekend of 2021, but they said uh, that everything seemed to go well, and we were talking to Nick this morning who flew, and no, yeah, no problems, right? No problems leaving Philly on uh, Thursday, no problems getting back in last night. Really seamless travel, which is a nice, refreshing change, because uh, <laughs> you were oh, struggling dad. this year, yeah, but no, this weekend was fine. Yeah, it was, and I was shocked to hear the, the uh, traffic coming back from the shore, they said, wasn't too bad. Huh. In sports this morning. <laughs> The Phillies 
were off last night and will look to end a three-game losing streak when they return home to open up a series against the Miami Marlins. With about one month left in the regular season, the Phils are tied with the San Diego Padres for the second wildcard spot in the National League. Aaron Nola will get the start tonight. The first pitch is scheduled for 645. In tennis, American Francis TFO ended number two Rafael Nadal's 22nd match Grand Slam winning streak and reached the U.S. Open quarterfinals for the first time. What the f- TFO, a 24-year-old, seeded 22nd at the Open, one in four sets, beating Nadal 6-4, 4-6, 6-4, 6-3 in the fourth round at Flushing Meadows. And Sixers guard, Forkan Korkmaz, said he was attacked by both members of the Georgian national team and Georgian national police after he was ejected from Turkey's game against Georgia at the Eurobasket tournament. Uh, Korkmaz was thrown out of the game in Georgia after he picked up two technical fouls following an altercation with Georgia's Duda uh, Sanadze. Fans started throwing things onto the court while the two players were being separated. Uh, as Korkmaz was walking through the tunnel with a coach, he said he was suddenly attacked by several Georgian players and security. As soon as we walked out of the tunnel, we were trying to reach the locker room. I saw three Georgian players alongside two security guys running at us. We started throwing punches at each other. That's basically what happened, Korkmaz said, after the game. And that's what I have for you this morning. All right. Thank, thank you very much, Kathy. We have a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot in store for you today. We are going to run down a list of guests that are going to be joining us on the program first and foremost. We'll talk to comedian Stephen Wright today. He's going to be at the Keswick Theater on Thursday. We're also going to have a comedic writer and performer, Bruce Valanche, here in our studio, along with a woman named uh, Patricia Paluccio. And they're here to talk about Here You Come Again, which is a Dolly Parton musical. Yeah. And Dolly it's not has, like a bio, but it's... Has sanctioned this gal, Trisha, to yeah. be performing as her. Like the official stamp of approval. Yep. So it's going to be at the Delaware Theater Company on October 2nd. So they're going to stop in this morning to talk about that. And we're going to talk to Harvey Levin, uh, who you know from TMZ. And he is on to talk about a new special called Who Really Killed Michael Jackson? I didn't even know this was a thing. Which is on tonight. So we'll talk to Harvey, find out what the story is with that. So also, we have Tattoos Day taking place. So it's your chance to win a Preston and Steve-themed tattoo. Text the word tattoo to 39333. Somebody's going to end up winning a $350 gift certificate for Floating World Tattoo and Piercing. On South Street, we have a new Word of the Week prize to give away, to give away and it's the uh, Pizik Round barbecue and fire pit kit that we will give to you from Landis Block. So listen for the letter of the day, word of the week at the end of the program. We also have an announcement this morning. We are going to reveal some details about Casey's Big Adventure. And we're going to get to that around our first Bizarre File time around 8 o'clock this morning. And I think you're going to be delighted and surprised to hear of the things that we have to announce that are going to be taking place with this. It's impressive. On top of all of that... So back to school A to Z. What? How much fun have you guys had I love listening it. this weekend? It's I Awesome. As I turned on the radio this morning, getting in my car, <laughs> Limelight from Rush. Oh, man. I take yeah, that right. as a sign of great things. I also heard Inagata DeVito over the weekend. <laughs> I heard uh, Marvin Gaye heard it through the grapevine. I mean, it's all over the place. It's fantastic. And... We're in the L's. We get to play as our first song, a pretty lengthy one when we come back. And what I consider to be, is it's going to be, is it? No, well, no, it's a short one. I was looking at the wrong thing. Oh, what was it? The wrong thing. I'm not going to tell you. All right. I'm hoping it comes up later on this morning. I was talking about, oh, it's that one. It's the short one and then the long one. And then the long one. Okay. 
well, we'll just let it lie at that. It's the L's. Because sometimes you hear the same. So when I heard uh, heard it through the grapevine. I know what you're saying. I heard Marvin Gaye's. And then immediately after that, Creedence Clearwater Revival okay. came up after that. So yeah. you will find some remakes and some covers that go back to back. And then you can... Compare how you liked, you know, say the original or the uh, the updated version. So we're going to do that this morning as well. We're in the L's and we're going to be there for a while. So we're excited that we get to play some really cool stuff. So we'll take a break. Come back in a second. Song from the A to Z. Diving in the entertainment report. Give some stuff away. Stupid question. All of that. We'll be back in just a moment. So please hang out with us. Not only can you hear Preston and Steve, you can see them too. Check out the Weekly Rush on Xfinity On Demand. New episodes, you guessed it, weekly. Hey, you've heard us talking about Krista. She's beautiful, classy, and brilliant, and she's so easy. Krista is Stephen's most loved engagement ring. Picture her, a bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant-cut diamond expertly set into a classic, solitaire, Tiffany-style setting. Krista will guarantee you a yes. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com and click on Krista to check her out. Visit Stephen's showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. You buy real diamonds from a real jeweler that you can trust. It's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. So the Super Question prize today is a family four-pack of tickets for the Pennsylvania Renaissance Fair. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is valid any weekend in September. So the question we're going to go with, I really like this one. How many possible first moves are there in a game of chess? Huh. 215-263-WMMR is the number. Let's see if you know the answer to this. How many possible first moves are there in a game of chess. <clears throat> call now if you know the answer. I'll mention these birthdays while we are waiting for that phone call from you. Today being the 6th day of September. We'll start with actress and comedian Jane Curtin, who is 75 years old today. One of the original Not Ready for Primetime players on Saturday Night Live. She was the most theatrically trained of that early group. Okay. She came into that. And then she also had a show that I really enjoyed called Kate Nally. You remember that yeah, show? I remember uh-huh. Kate Nally. Yeah, yeah. Who oh, was and, uh, Third Rock from the Sun. Who was uh, uh who was her co-star on Kate? So the, she was the actress on McMillan and Wife, and yeah. I forget her name. Saint Saint James, something or, like that. Yeah, or, I can't remember her yeah. last Saint name. Saint John. Maybe no. it was Saint John. Not not Saint. Uh, oh gosh, Susan Saint James. Susan, Susan Saint James. James. Yes. There you go. Okay, uh, so Jane Curtin is seventy-five today. A uh, guy we talked to not that long ago, Jeff Foxworthy, has his birthday. Uh, 64 years old. You might be a redneck comedian and uh, blue-collar comedy host and all that stuff. Smarter than a fifth grader. Nice guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you talk about all those guys that he brought on that tour, he helped revitalize a number of careers yeah. in uh, sort of quote-unquote country stand-up. Happy 64th to him. Also, actress Swoozy Kurtz. Swoozy. Swoozy. Um, I remember her from Liar Liar. She's uh, the uh, the defending uh, attorney. Yep. Yeah. And she's in one of those character actors that just is in a load of movies. Uh, and you've seen her pop out throughout the year. So uh, she is 58 today. Uh, oh, big one in the world of music. Roger Waters. Wow. It's his birthday today. Oh, yeah. And he's on the edge of a milestone birthday. He is 79 years old today. Oh, my God. God and in town not that long ago. You would not know it to look at him. No, I would. I wouldn't guess pushing eighty. No, no. Way. Yeah. So happy birthday. Sorry, I wasn't ready for that one. No, it's all good, Case. I didn't show you the. That list shows you that always being twisted up inside keeps you young. Oh, okay. <laughs> Is that what's done? That's it for what's him? done. It a constant <laughs> angst. <laughs> Uh, I've never. I never did get to see Floyd or Waters. 
uh, live, and um, that's that's one I wish I would have uh, had a chance to see. Really? Uh, the, yeah, to see. Oh, oh Floyd with Floyd. everybody. I mean, yeah. either, yeah. Any, any of them. Gilmore just performing in any way. Would shape Uncle Floyd get it done? Maybe. Okay. I haven't seen old <laughs> Uncle Floyd in a while. <laughs> no, I agree. I, that's something I, 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 you know what? I never saw the um, the, the Gilmore version either of uh, Pink Floyd. Yeah, I'd yeah. love to. Yeah, so 79 years old today. Uh, Annika Noni Rose, who played, uh, she was in the movie Dream Girls, and of course she is Princess and the Frog Tiana. Ah, so oh, okay. a big uh, feather in her cap. Obviously. I like that movie. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's one that shouldn't be looked over. It's yeah. definitely one of the good ones. She is uh, fifty years old today. Uh, ABC News uh, reporter and anchor Elizabeth Vargas is sixty years old today. She retire or I think I, she, she, had, had she had an alcohol problem. A problem with the bottle and yeah. actually did a really um, revealing look at her battle with it and how she came out the other end. But I think she still works. And she used to be married to who's the guy who's saying walking to Memphis, Mark Cohn. Yes, that's yeah, right. They were, yeah. they were together for a while. So she is uh, sixty today. Michael Winslow. Yep, there it is. Police Academy. <laughs> Uh, he's the guy that makes all the sound effects with his mouth. We had him on the phone for an interview. Wouldn't do a damn one. Well, he's kind of sucked, actually. Yeah. I was like, dude, this is what you are known for. This Take is what... your mouth and get out of here. Yeah. He's 64 today. <laughs> it's kind of disappointing because I thought, like, he actually made all those, like, real deal sound effects. As it turns out, like, a lot of them were just <laughs> after... Uh, factory uh, in post. Uh, he, he, he would do his whole. A lot of his stage show was doing all that stuff. Yeah, so yeah he, but like but when he, he held would that, carry a unit with him. Yeah, remember that. Yeah, but in the movie, he would like hold this thing up. It basically looked like a uh, uh, chicken nugget uh, sauce holder, and then he would like make. Um, yeah, he, was, I don't know, like the, you was know, he eating chicken nuggets? Sauce holder. Okay. When I thought, case and then he would make like a gun sound effects, and oh. it sounded like a real machine. I'm like, that is crazy. It was not in his voice, you know? Okay, I don't I, know. Where are you getting your information? You think that he really made those, like, yeah. like actual machine gun sound effects? Like, like on stage? He could do some insane stuff with his mouth. Yeah. I don't know. On stage, he had a, a, a thing that would give, like, a high a entry. filter. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Right, right, and, right, and, right. But he, he could achieve, I don't know, if what they were doing in the movie, it, it, I just... Oh, I see what you're saying. Yes. Okay. It looks like a dipping sauce container. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just a, a microphone. Uh, you know, like a like a little... Like you would for like a walkie-talkie or something like that. Possibly. I don't, I, I don't know. I have um, no idea. Or it, maybe... Maybe it's a uh, like a kazoo, you know. It's a little <laughs> I don't know that you what it is. makes a funky noise, but nonetheless, he makes those sounds with his mouth. And wouldn't for us. He so is go to hell. Sixty four today. Uh, Steve, you'll be the only person in this room <laughs> who knows this guy. Cartoonist Sergio Aragones. Oh yes, from Mad Magazine. Oh my God, yeah, uh, one God, of the greats. I love those guys. Uh, all the, you know, Don Martin was another one of my favorites. They were just I love Don Martin. Excellent. Uh, so he is eighty five years old today. Um, it is Idris Elba's birthday. Oh, hey. A big one for Idris as he turns the big five zero today. He's in that new uh, George Miller movie where he plays the uh, the genie, the gin. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. I don't know anything about it. It's thirteen, uh, thirty years of yearning, or something, or uh, three thousand years of longing, or the Good Burger. Yeah, <laughs> basically, yeah, it's, it's Aladdin for adults. Yeah, and um, and uh, Tilda Swinton has to wrestle with like. 
the ramifications of getting your wishes and what it does to your life. It, it looks really good. I, Steve, I heard great things about it. I haven't seen it yet, though. But it, I like the conceit uh, is that she knows, after reading literature of these many years, right. what happens when you make a wish. Yeah. yeah. And how like the monkey's paw and right, everything. Yeah. it back on you. So uh-huh. she has to figure out how to play it smartly. Interesting. Last birthday on my list, Pippa Middleton. <laughs> And I knew you would yell, so that's why I saved it for last. Have you seen the tape cutter on Pippa? I think uh, she actually stole a little bit of the thunder. Yeah. uh, She looked hot, man, at the the wedding. For real. Uh, Sister of Catherine, Duchess of Cambridge, Pippa Middleton, is 39 years old today. So happy birthday to everyone celebrating birthdays. All right, we'll see if we can get an answer to the stupid question today. How many possible first moves are there in a game of chess? 215-263-WMMR. We'll go to Bobby. Hello there, Bobby. Hey, get Zeus, guys. Get to you. All right, Bobby, how many possible moves are there in the first moves are there in the game of chess? I'd be 20. 20 is correct. <laughs> Yes, Buttsco. Nice. <laughs> All right, Bobby, hang on. We're going to set you up with a family four-pack of tickets for the Pennsylvania Renaissance Fair of Allen any weekend in September. You can get ready to live the excitement and adventure of jousting nights and royal delights with colorfully costumed villagers and merrymakers ready to make your visit an unforgettable experience. Tickets and info at parenfair.com. By the way, they do human chess. Yes. At the PA Renfair. Yeah. And I had to, I'm like... I didn't see the answer, you know, what all the moves are, but I did the math of, of what they... Uh, so there's eight pawns. Right. You can move each pawn forward one. That's an opening move. You could move each pawn forward two. That's an opening move. So that's 16 moves. Right. And then the knights can jump. Right. And they can only move in uh, two different spots from that opening move. That so there's your four. 20 moves. Yeah. And you can go to the PA Renaissance Fair and see the... Chess happened live. In Spend the day with the night. Yes. All right. Very. I like that. It's a good catchphrase. <laughs> All right. So we'll go through the entertainment stories. Um, Olivia Wilde dismissed the rumors that she and Florence Pugh are at odds while taking questions at the Venice Film Festival. Pew, pew. According to the deadline, the director said Sunday that Florence is a force. We are so grateful that she is able to make it tonight uh, to the premiere despite being in production. Uh, and she added, as for uh, the endless tabloid gossip and noise out there, the internet feeds itself. I don't feel I need to contribute to it. It's sufficiently well-nourished. Uh, rumors had persisted for months that Pew resented the way that uh, film shoots were handled after Wilde began dating Harry Styles. Pew! She wasn't there to talk about it. Have you seen the outfit she's been wearing to these, um, like, Venice... Uh, Florence Pugh? Yes. Oh. Like the sheer see-through stuff? Well, or, yeah. yeah. Some, some very... Uh, I, I think she's she's kind of um, embracing the fashion side of things. Yeah. Yeah, she is, uh, she is a stunning woman. Uh, one of Army Hammer's alleged victims says that the three-part docuseries, House of Hammer, is inappropriate. Uh, the woman, only known as Effie, whose rape allegations sparked an LAPD investigation into Hammer last March, told the LA Times, it is extremely inappropriate of you to exploit such tragic, vulnerable time in many people's lives with no regard whatsoever for our healing process and privacy. One of our big issues is that the person they talk to the most during this documentary is Michael Winslow. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. It's making all those sounds. We're talking... We're talking about a very serious subject yeah. here, and he's going on and doing, you know, sirens. And yeah, it's just the bleeps, the creeps, and the sweeps. Yeah. Uh, so uh, 
uh, this person, Effie, said the way that they've been exploiting my trauma is disgusting when I keep screaming no and they keep going, uh, saying that they don't need my permission. They remind me of ARMY. Uh, but House of Hammer premiered uh, this past Friday on HBO Max. Didn't get to see it yet. Discovery Plus. No, I haven't yeah. seen any of it either. Sean Penn and Ben Stiller have been banned from Russia. <laughs> Variety reports that the actors were among 25 high-ranking representatives of the business and expert communities, as well as cultural figures by the country's foreign ministry. Uh, the individuals on the list are accused of destroying bilateral ties and escalating confrontation between Russia and the United States. I wonder if Ben Stiller dressed as Zoolander if he would be able to get in. I think he could to the country. <laughs> yeah, they would recognize him. And then if uh, Penn went as Spicoli, yeah, perfect. Yeah, they can still get in and out. They're actors. <laughs> uh, Penn traveled to Ukraine earlier this year while filming a documentary about the conflict with Russia for Vice, and Stiller visited Ukrainian refugees in Poland in June before traveling to Kiev. Kiev as part of his work representing the U.N. Refugee Agency. But they are not allowed in the country anymore. Uh, so this is a weird thing. Uh, and uh, Tiffany Haddish has addressed yes. this child sex abuse lawsuit filed against her and fellow comedian Ari Spears, oh. saying in a social media statement on Monday that the incident involved the two minors, involving the two minors, was over a comedy sketch that, quote, wasn't funny at all. She said, I know people have a bunch of questions. I get it. I'm right there with you. Unfortunately, because there is an ongoing legal case, there's very little that I can say right now. But clearly, while this sketch was intended to be comedic, she said it wasn't funny at all, and I deeply regret having agreed to act in it. I really look forward to being able to share a lot more about this situation as soon as I can. With Haddish's statement, the actress positioned herself as higher talent on the videos and not their creator. So the Jane Doe plaintiff said on Monday, we are not swayed by Tiffany's meager attempt at shifting responsibility solely to Aries Spears. Uh, Tiffany did not apologize for the harm she caused to my brother and me. Uh, Tiffany did not acknowledge the fact that she intentionally lied to our mother by telling her that my brother would be filming a Nickelodeon sizzle reel when, in fact, her real intention was to isolate him and molest him with Aries Spears. Uh, the lawsuit filed uh, by a now 22-year-old Jane Doe alleges that Haddish and Spears coerced the then 14-year-old girl and her seven-year-old brother to appear in sexually explicit comedy skits that left them with severe emotional damage. The plaintiff claimed that the comedians groomed both minors and compelled them to participate in separate sexually suggestive video shoots without a parent or guardian president present in 2013 and 2014. Uh, one of the videos, titled Through a Pedophile's Eyes, was uploaded to Funny or Die, which confirmed the video was shared on this platform before it was later Deleted. In fact, uh, Funny or Die released the same and saying, Funny or Die found this video absolutely disgusting and would never produce such content. Uh, we were not involved with the conceptualization, development, funding, or production of this video. It was uploaded to the site as uh, user-generated content and was removed in 2018 immediately after becoming aware of its existence. So Jane Doe previously said in an email to Rolling Stone, the evidence is out there for the world to see. There's no denying that my brother was molested by Tiffany Haddish and Aries Spears in 2014. Haddish's lawyer, though, said in a statement that the plaintiff's mother has been trying to assert these bogus claims against Ms. Haddish for several years. Every attorney who has initially taken on her case, and there were several, 
ultimately dropped the matter once it became clear that the claims were meritless and Ms. Haddish would not be shaken down. This is a maelstrom of crap, That's you a, know. I don't know what all is yeah. involved here. I don't yeah. know what's going on. Yeah, so we'll have to wait and see and yeah. find out what that's all about. But it's pretty serious stuff, so we'll see where that goes. Uh, a very personal Twitter post by Polly Perrette on Saturday revealed that uh, last year has been a tough one for the former NCIS actress. Uh, Perrette, who played Abby on NCIS for 15 years before quitting in 2018, detailed her struggle. Most surprisingly, it was the fact that she had major health problems. And she shared footage of herself alongside the post where she said, oh, my God, it's September 2nd. It's the one-year anniversary since I had a stroke, and I'm still here. So oh, apparently wow. she had a pretty significant She's one. had a couple of things that have gone on in her life. You remember, like, like, like trauma and... She was and, attacked. And she, yeah. was, she was attacked by a homeless guy. Exactly. And... She said, yes, I'm still here again. Like, how many times do I cheat death? Uh, she claims she almost died from a hair dye allergy, and she has this really bad food allergy. She was a victim of a rape or an attempted rape. And, uh, uh, and yeah, she was uh, attacked by a homeless person. And, yeah, she's had a really, really, really tough time. Wasn't the claim she left the show because uh, the... Uh, Mark Harmon. Mark Harmon. And Mark Harmon had his dog on the set yeah, and was aggressive towards her. Threatening people, yeah. I don't know. Fans responded with an outpouring of sympathy. Following her NCIS departure, Perrette starred in the NBC sitcom Broke. That lasted for one season. She said in 2020 she was officially retired from acting. So... Mm. That sucks, man, but um, hopefully she's on the mend and things are looking better for her. Adriana Lima has welcomed her third child with boyfriend Andre Lemmers, the Victoria's Secret model, shared the story behind the new edition's name, which is uh, Cyan. And it was on Instagram on Monday. She wrote, Cyan is the color between green and blue on the visible spectrum of light. Of course it is. Or Cyan is it. It's right. Cyan. I think the middle it's name also is a car. No, the middle name is like Alon Kong Kong or yeah, something like that. Kong Kong. Yeah. She says, Cyan is the color of the waters of Bora Bora Ooh. and the Maldives. Places <laughs> Places in our family's bucket list. And cyan now is our favorite color, the color of our baby boy's eyes. What's the color of shut the F up? Uh, welcome to our world, uh, Cyan Lima Lemmers. Cyan Lehman Lemmers. Yeah. Cyan Lima Lemmers. That kind of, that is an interesting uh, pentameter to it. Yeah. Cyan Lehman Lemmers. Cyan Lehman Concord. Yeah. That's how you respond. That's how you answer to Cyan along Kong Kong. The response is Cyan Lima Lemmers. From the house of Nell, Cyan Kong Kong. A new fragrance. Kind of smells like squirrel. Cyan Lima Lemmers. It's a picture of a pretty baby eye. It is a beautiful color, but Preston, read the first line in her post again. Uh, cyan is the color between green and blue on the visible spectrum right. of light. Now do me a favor and read the, this first line <laughs> on the Wikipedia entrance for cyan. Cyan is the color between green and blue on the visible spectrum of light. <laughs> she copied and pasted Damn it. from Wikipedia <laughs> for this birth announcement. I wonder how her other child, Wikipedia, was going to feel about it. She clearly is a fan. Uh, and, and she's follow- should have followed it up with the next line, with, with, which is, uh, it is evoked by light with a predominant wavelength between 490 and 520 nanometers. <laughs> <laughs> Where the next child could be nanometers. Mm-hmm. 
right. Uh, there's another uh, child brought into the world. Peter Fascianelli and Lillian Harrison have welcomed their first child together. The Twilight star shared a black and white photo of their baby's hand on Monday. I believe he was the Cullen patriarch, Preston, if you're keeping track. And the caption was, Happy Labor Day, Liliana Harrison, or Lillian Harrison. Lily. Uh, the 48-year-old actor already had his uh, has three children with ex-wife Jenny Garth. Uh, I know you're wondering what uh, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez have been up to. Absolutely. What, what they did over the Labor Day weekend. Now that they're newly married. They went to the Malibu Chili Cook-Off. Oh, By the way, this is a big celebrity thing. I saw I saw uh, Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson went as well. A yep. lot of people were at the, uh, this big Sucking chili, chili cook <laughs> Okay, now... Were these celebrities... Were these These celebrities weren't making chili, were they? No. I tell you one thing, though, and I don't know if this is part of the thing, if it's kind of like a dinner on Blanc vibe, but they were all that I saw, they were all wearing white. Now, is that ironic that you're going to a chili? It's a messy thing to eat. Right. Is that part of the deal? But it's a big Hollywood thing. Nick, I, I, you see you doing some research yeah. on it. Um, so they were both dressed as white. Rita, the tub, were dressed in white as well. I guess chili in a bowl is not tough, but a chili dog is pretty damn messy. Yeah, it is. Like you can, yeah. you can suck make, it out a chili dog. Yeah, you can make them. Sucking on a chili dog. Sucking on, on a chili, chili dog. dog. <laughs> <laughs> He's wearing his chili dog hat. Today. I am. Yeah. Um, so wait, but this isn't a chili dog. This is a chili cook-off. Chili cook-off. It, it is, is a charity the, event. Right. The Mickey Gilly, what the Dilly, Philly Champa Chili. Chili. Yeah. Yeah. We were, we've, listen, we've tried to get this going for the longest time, but, uh, you know, the, the chili cook-offs come and go. Yeah. <laughs> They do. They do. So like it's that on the light spectrum they fall somewhere between green and blue. <laughs> what was it? Visible no, no. light. Chili cookoffs come and go. <laughs> Is it uh, what the dilly? Wait, how do, what was the full title I of our chili cookoff? Dude, that was twenty five years ago. Trying to wrap my that. mind around uh, Michael Winslow <laughs> lying to us. Uh, so the the couple who recently returned from their second honeymoon were accompanied by twins Max and Emma Emmy. Or M, Emmy, I think it is. Uh, TMZ reports that uh, both stars try their hands at a basketball game, but they failed to score. <laughs> <laughs> it's exciting. And, uh, Tell me, are you going to go for the layup? Um, <laughs> you will. I just don't see them at, a, at what I, in my mind, see as a chili cook-off. Right. You but, want big kettles of chili? <laughs> yeah. And, right? Totally. Not... Absolutely. Pristine white Not a, linen shirts. Don't make it one of those things. Like a know. thing, a Hollywood thing. Yeah, maybe they did that. All right. Um, all right. Spencer Pratt. Legend. Yeah, who's on the hills, right? Yeah. Yes. I never saw any of that. So Genius. I don't know anything about it, but... He does have an interesting story to tell. Whether it's oh. true or not, I don't know. It's in he, a part of this TikTok thing, right? He explained uh, himself after describing Lisa Kudrow as one of the worst humans he's ever met. What? So he made the claim. I know. He made the claim about the Friends star in response to a fan who asked him to name the rudest celebrity he's ever met. He said, oh, that's easy. Phoebe from Friends. Oh, my God. <laughs> He said, hands down, one of the worst humans I've ever come into contact with by far. So this is a framing thing on TikTok. They ask people to identify the worst humans they've ever met. Mm. And in response to Pratt's comment, many of his followers asked him to reveal his reasoning, especially considering that Kudrow is beloved by many. Uh, He said that he would think about telling the story if the clip was viewed a million times. And he has now elaborated upon his comment, stating 
The year was 2009, and Heidi, Montag, his wife, uh, and I were invited to our first elite A-list party. And it was clear when we got there, no one wanted us there. He said it was almost like we were filming for punk and a camera was going to pop up, but Heidi and I didn't care as there was delicious food and an open bar. And he said, as we were sitting there consuming a little caviar, Phoebe, Lisa, uh, approaches, which was a little shocking as no one had spoken to us at all at the party. And he alleged that Coudreau proceeded to tell his wife right in front of me, he said, that she needs to get away from me as fast as possible because I'm going to murder her. What? Yeah. It's, uh, it's an interesting opening line. He claims that Coudreau then told him that he had the eyes of a serial killer. Uh, and then he said, Heidi wants to see if this is a joke. Maybe this is a bit, a skit. Maybe it's a hidden camera party and why we were invited to this elite party. But no laughs. And she just walks away. And that right there was the rudest moment I've ever encountered uh-huh. with a human being. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Earlier this year, uh, JoJo Siwa called Full House star Candace Cameron Bure the rudest celebrity I've ever met. Wow. So, yeah, some surprising ones. And Bethany Frankel apparently backed up the Lisa Kudrow saying uh, oh, no that uh, she was rude during an interview. But everyone's giving, well, she gave a little bit of latitude, but not Spencer Pratt. Yeah. He's a legend. You don't do that to him. Well, I don't know, but if you had an encounter like that, that's just, um, that ain't cool. No, man. Yeah, yeah like unprompted. Yeah. And I was like, what the hell did I do to you? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Fast and Furious actress Jordana Brewster has married businessman Mason Morfitt, her beau of about two years, and they got married in Redondo Beach, California. Uh, Vin Diesel, Ludacris, and the late Paul Walker's daughter, Meadow Walker, were among the guests. This is about family. It definitely was about family because now they are they are family. I guess I love Redondo. What Redondo? That's where I <laughs> you love Redondo. Redondo. You love going Diesel there. Diesel does Redondo. Diesel does. That could be a movie. Diesel does Redondo. <laughs> Writes itself. It does. <laughs> you know who looks uh, fabulous is Paul Walker's uh, daughter, who's grown up and is an adult now, and was there and all smiles and. <laughs> um, <laughs> Has anybody ever seen the the um, parody that they did on Fast and Furious? Have you seen that? I've scene? seen a couple of them. I did one, one with Jose, uh, Jorge Garcia. Yep. Uh, no, but this one, I mean, is it directly? I can't remember the name, of it, but somebody had posted it on Twitter, going like, "What the f is this?" And at first, and it was just a screen capture of the Netflix, uh, you know, uh, picture of it. And I was like, uh, I, I, at first, I thought it was like a legit. They're ripping off the movie, right? And it was not. It was. It was. It's a comedy. And I haven't seen it. It's a parody. Okay. It's a parody, yeah. and the the top two character characters names are Paul and Vin. Oh, so, all right. Okay. Uh, so I wasn't sure if you'd seen that. No, movie. I have not. Right. Uh, by the way, uh, Brewster, uh, who is forty two, wore a form fitting white dress with a lace embroidered bodice, while uh, Morfit wore a dark colored tuxedo. I want to welcome everyone to Redondo. <laughs> You go to Redondo. I just want to say. Yeah. Uh, Bruce. <laughs> to be here in Redondo with my family. You should name one of your kids Redondo. Redondo. Redondo Diesel. Yeah. Let me check yeah. a Wikipedia. See where it falls on the <laughs> color spectrum. <laughs> right behind Cyan. Cyan or Redondo. <laughs> want to thank Nell for playing the organ. <laughs> No, wait. <laughs> Nell's going to be playing the organ. Yeah, she doesn't use her hands, so she just pounds her face on the keyboard. 
<laughs> oh my god. Uh, Brewster and Morfitt jumped into the iconic blue Acura Integra that her character drives in the film franchise. <coughs> we had her in the After studio. they exchanged wedding vows. Yeah. Remember that they were pushing the Dallas, uh, Dallas series? Yeah. Uh, which didn't go the distance, the, the reboot, but it was great having her in here. Uh, yeah. I always thought she was just a, an incredibly beautiful woman. She's super nice, and the yeah. first time I remember seeing her was the faculty. She yeah. Was, Bitchy girl on the faculty. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so, uh, Ludacris posted a photo on Instagram of him and Diesel with Walker dressed up for the happy occasion. One big happy family with <laughs> <laughs> uh, Vin doesn't look as jacked as he usually is. I wonder if he's not using he's not using um, filming steroids at this point. Uh, he wrote, uh, Ludacris wrote, my brother Paul Walker is smiling down from heaven uh, about his uh, daughter, Meadow Walker. He said, is everything in the world created her, every, everything the world created her to be, legacy lives on. It's good that they that they <laughs> do that, though, that yeah. they maintain this uh, fami- familial. You know, we've had all three of those people except for Vin in studio. We had Ludacris in, we had Jordana Brewster, in, and obviously before he passed, we had Paul Walker in. Yes, yeah. we did. And, nice. and he was a great guy. He was he so was nice. Super nice. By the way, Brewster was previously married to Andrew uh, Form from 2007 until 2021. They have two sons, Julian, who is eight, and Rowan, who is six. Uh, director Darren Aronofsky's The Whale recently premiered and received a long standing ovation. Present at the screening was the star, Brendan Fraser, who was moved by the applause and brought to tears. It was wild. Did you watch the footage? I did. It was pretty wild. I mean, he he, he was definitely emotionally hit, and he deserves it. What's yeah. wild is there's, there are no trailers for this movie available. Casey, I, I spent so much time. Yeah. I, I've seen stills yeah. because he wears this prosthesis where it's he's... Actually, this... digital prosthesis. Okay, is that? Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's um, you know, morbidly obese guy. Yeah, so I'll, I'll explain a little bit of the plot here. The, uh, the moment saw Frazier attempt to... Uh, leave the theater <clears throat> following the screening, but the crowd's applause made him stay, and it lasted a full six minutes. Uh, the whale sees Fraser play Charlie, an English teacher, uh, confined to a wheelchair due to severe obesity, who abandoned his family for his gay lover. Uh, the film follows his experiences. He attempts to reconnect with his 17-year-old daughter, uh, Ellie, who is played by Stranger Things star Sadie Sink. Yeah, she's great. To see her <clears throat> getting a role in a film like this. Um Critics generally provided positive reviews for the Aronofsky film, which particular with particular praise going to Frazier for the performance. Uh, the Whale marks Frazier's return to the big screen in a major role since 2008's The Mummy, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. You have My wife has always had a massive crush. In fact, she came in when we had Brendan Frazier yeah. in the studio. He's... He's gone through some some bad movies, but if you look back, the guy's super talented, very good dramatic actor, and in that bedazzled remake, he was very funny. He was great. Yeah. Uh, He was also set to appear in DC's Bad Girl and had filmed scenes for what many believe to be the antagonist Firefly, however, following the Warner Brothers uh, Discovery merger, that project, of course, was scrapped. We've talked about that. Uh, According to reports, Frazier's career saw a decline in the last decade after alleging Philip Burke former president of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, had sexually assaulted him in 2003. I remember this. And the actor previously speculated he may have been blacklisted from Hollywood because of this. And this was followed by the death of Frazier's mother, which sent him into a depression. So he's had a tough go of it. Yeah, I'd love to see him come <clears> back. 
the whale is set for uh, to premiere in theaters in North America on December 9th, by the way. Uh, the uh, Let's see. Nathan Lane, Laurie Metcalf, and uh, Chadwick Boseman are all winners following the Creative Arts Emmys this weekend. Uh, Metcalf and Lane took home uh, Guest Actor Awards for their work on Hacks and Only Murders in the Building, uh, respectively, while Boseman received a posthumous award for Outstanding Character Voiceover form- Performance, and that was for Marvel Studios' What If. Oh, yeah. did you Have you watched those? I watched a couple of them. Yeah, yeah. they're good. They were they're good. good. I didn't, you know, I didn't dive deep into it or anything, but yeah. they were good, yeah. Uh, Lori Metcalf, I didn't realize this person. I mentioned uh, Uncle Uncle Buck to you last week. Just yeah. in, they were doing the John Hughes thing. Lori Metcalf is sort of the the neighbor, the neighbor, yeah, yeah. the sexy yeah, she's neighbor. Funny, yeah, she's very funny, she's really, really funny in that. And then finally, uh, video of one of Tom Cruise's Mission Impossible stunts <laughs> leaked online on Sunday. It's insane. Yep, the clip, which is a PSA Cruise filmed for CinemaCon earlier this year, shows the actor standing on a biplane that is airborne, like they're way up there, mm. holding on to nothing but a rig and talking into the camera. He says uh, he is filming the latest entry of the MI series, Dead Reckoning Part 2, and he's, he's doing this dialogue to the camera, and then all of a sudden, hey, we got to get back to work, Tom. Action, and they go, and it just dives down <laughs> with him standing up, standing right, up in the cockpit. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's nuts. <laughs> I mean, he's obviously secured in there, yeah. but it's uh, it takes balls to do that. So, I, I, you know, he talk about a career high, and he was actually initially um, not of not enamored of the Top Gun sequel concept until the guy, the the director and the scriptwriter. You know, had like a twenty-minute pitch session with him, but look at look at how the, I think the movie just surpassed Black Panther, right, in the uh, top ten. Oh, I don't know. I yeah. guess so. Yeah, yeah, no, it's done very well, and I, I, it's coming out soon, right? On yes, home, yeah, yes, digital, yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, I did not see it, and I want to see it very badly. So, um, all right, we are ready for the clip. So let's do uh, it. Oh my God, I hate when I do that. Excuse me, pardon me. <laughs> Take, Thanks, select. Take three. Six, 15. There we go. <laughs> All that stuff Casey just said are the uh, the buttons he has to push in yeah. order to get to <laughs> the timpani roll. All right, so The End of Nye was produced with the goal of influencing viewers while entertaining them with a positive spin and hope to change the world. And here, Bill Nye sets up each series. Here we go. Some disclosure, as you may know, I get killed. In the first, at the end of the first half of every show. Yes, kill. But then, with television, I come back. And we have this optimistic view of the future. And we convey it. Uh, The End of Nye is streaming now on Peacock. And here's the next clip. In Clerks 3, the whole gang is enlisted by Randall to make a movie about the convenience store. In this clip, Jason Mewes talks about going back to the place where it all started. When we went back after all these years, when I went in the cooler, because um, I used to work there with Kevin uh, on Sundays, and the, the smell from, you know, uh, when I was 17 and now I'm 48, it literally brought back, like, this memory sensory. And I remember pulling these guys aside and being like, dude, I just had the weirdest, like, rush to my brain and, like, feeling from like and it brought me back because the, the cooler sounds and smells the same from like literally 30 years ago yeah! uh, clerks 3 opens september 13th the tour is coming to the keswick tomorrow night and guess what got tickets for this yeah 
Yep, and uh, Kevin Smith is going to be there. Uh, he's doing a post-show Q&A tomorrow night at the Keswick Theater in Glenside. The show is sold out, but if you're caller number 19, I'll give you a pair of tickets nice. to 215-263-WMMR. You will see our buddy Kevin Smith there tomorrow night to see the movie, the Q&A, and Froggy yeah. is featured, our awesome band, Froggy, uh, is going to be featured with uh, 7-Eleven Nachos in the movie somewhere. We haven't found out exactly where that's taking place yet, but I'm excited for them. All right, so we'll get call number 19, give you those tickets, and uh, all will be right in the world. So call now. All right, we have a lot going on. We have uh, Stephen Wright on the program. Bruce Valanche is in with actress Trisha Paluccio, and Harvey Levin will be on the program we have a big announcement for Casey's Big Adventure, and we have the Back to School A to Z all happening as wow. well. So when we come back, some badass instrumental guitar for you in the A to Z. Stay with us. We'll be back in just a moment. What's new? Glad you asked. Hailstorm. Volbeat. Style. New music, more of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WNMR. Uh, over the weekend, uh, we have these great musical moments uh, that we're going through with the Back to School A to Z. It was a very special musical day that took place on Saturday at Wembley Stadium in England, and it was the Taylor Hawkins tribute. Uh, I haven't seen any of it. I've seen tiny little clips. I've seen a, a decent chunk. <clears throat> Massively impressive. 90,000 people. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. And I almost was going to go to this, uh, but uh, some plans fell through. We had kicked around the idea and was like, can we make this happen? Might be able to do this. But it ended up not coming together. But um, I'm it, sorry you couldn't go. <clears throat> it would have been pretty amazing, I mean, man. Paul McCartney on the bill and, and oh my uh, God. You know, Rush, you know, and, and yeah. uh, like just the, the historic nature of it. Is, I, I wish I wish you could have made it because I'm sure you would have enjoyed every second of it. But you know what? It, uh, we'll be able to really <clears throat> dive into it when it's all um, packaged together. Chopped and, up. And, uh, <clears throat> and they... Uh, have, uh, you know, put this in, in a nice slick package and everything. But nonetheless, it was over the weekend. As Nick said, there were, you know, a lot of guest performers that were there, like uh, Getty Lee and Alex Lifeson of Rush, uh, Brian May and Roger Taylor from Queen, Brian Johnson from ACDC, Liam Gallagher from Oasis, uh, <laughs> Travis Barker was there, Paul McCartney ended up becoming a surprise guest, I guess. Uh, and... Um, even uh, Joe Walsh, the James Gang, got together and played. It's, it's pretty spectacular. It says a lot about, um, I guess, you know, what they, how they perceive Taylor uh, Hawkins and just the band in general, what they've done for rock. And uh, I guess they were sort of returning the favor. By the way, it was like about almost six hours long. Yeah. Six hours. Yeah. How crazy is that? Wow, that's a long time. Hold on, Marissa, the biggest Taylor Hawkins fan here. Uh, I did watch it. I, I started streaming it right around noon on Saturday, and um, throughout the day I was in the car, so I was just streaming YouTube and had it plugged in through my phone, and I was out to brunch and had an iPad to watch it because it, it was really special. Steve, uh, you almost perfectly nailed it in that it was 
Taylor's favorite bands. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it wasn't just like these people getting together to celebrate him. It was his favorite bands, and Dave like went and got all of them, and we're like, we do this for our friend. That says a lot. But yeah, so when Paul McCartney came out, um, it was towards the end. It was during the Foo Fighters set. So there was all of these sets. It started with Noel Gallagher. Dave Chappelle told this great story, and then it was like um, you know band after band after band. The Pretenders came out. Did the Pretenders ever play Wembley? Uh, I would oh, have I to imagine know. at some point. Yeah, that was one thing that kept popping out in my mind with this sold out live Wembley crowd. How many of those bands played? Yeah, and um, so at the very end of it was like a ninety minute uh, um, Foo Fighter set, and that's when Dave was like, "Oh, we 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 decided to like ask a friend to come out, and boom, there was Paul McCartney." Wow! Yeah. Wow! All right, well, let's go through some clips that we have. Uh, here is uh, Dave welcoming the audience to the event. Our dear friend. Our bandmate, our brother, Taylor Holmes. A gigantic night for a gigantic person. He's saying freaking. There was a lot of f bombs. <laughs> oh the yeah, entire, Dave always right. Thing, yeah. Mainly coming from him. Uh, him, Dave Chappelle, everybody. Right. Flying. Yeah. Dave's like Casey with the f bombs. <laughs> yeah. It just it's just part of the. Part of the vocabulary, yeah. you know, that comes Do out. Do you know who's surprising the most? Celine Dion. Wow. Yeah, I could not believe it. <laughs> F-bombs. Yeah, F-bombs, F-bombs right. are crazy. Uh, Mother F-bombs. Well, Steve Kesha did come out and play. Oh, <laughs> yeah, she did. Yeah, she I read did. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there were, there were some interesting uh, collabs <laughs> yeah. that took place, and some ones like that that I didn't expect, uh, you know, like, uh, and I think like The Darkness and... Uh, so there... They were on Preston Hot for Teacher, which uh, Wolfgang Van Halen mm-hmm. played guitar on, which is pretty cool. Yeah, so uh, let's see. We have some other ones. This is um, when they welcomed... Wait, is that towards the end when Shane Hawkins came out? That was uh, practically the last almost song. the end, yeah. Yeah, it was okay, the last yeah. song, so uh, we'll hang on to that for a second. Okay. Here, this is the, the Dave Chappelle story that uh, Marissa really likes. Here we go. I went backstage and hung out with the Foo Fighters, and I met a kid who must have been 12 or 13 years old. And I asked him, because he had skate shoes on, if he skated. And he said, I don't skateboard because I don't want to hurt my arms. The kid said, I want to be a drummer, like my father. Yeah, and he goes on to tell this story about how uh, they went to go uh, see a, a jazz group performing, a, a, a musician that, that Chappelle really likes. And <clears throat> Taylor was there, and he was with his son, and uh, his son has said something like, my dad can't play that stuff. Right, right. Yeah. And and Taylor goes, or uh, yeah, Taylor goes, well, that's because these are real musicians. <laughs> so he had a respect for yeah, sure. a higher level of musicianship. Yeah. And even though he was obviously a, a success, he was going to do great for the rest of his life. But he, like a lot of great <clears throat> musicians, know where the you know the, the the technical ability lies in other musicians and, and is freely free to talk about that type of thing. Marissa, I was able to watch some of it, but not all. Um, and uh, I saw I did see Nandy Bushell come out and play drums. I don't know how many songs she did, but it was really cool to see her uh, wailing on the drums behind Dave. And, and like it was just neat because she was just sort of a YouTube sensation, and now she's playing with <laughs> Foo Fighters at Wembley. And so she's not the only YouTube sensation. So she played one song, and then who's the guy that sings with the long blonde hair? Um, oh. They came out and sang with Queen. Are you talking about the dude with the long blonde hair and the, and the beard? Yes. I love that guy. Yes. Sam, Sam, no, 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 that's Sam Tompkins. There's a guy that I follow, That's that's got to be him. He's got, like, one of the best voices I've ever yes. heard. So the guys from Queen actually asked the Foo Fighter guys if he should come out and sing Someone to Love, which was Taylor's, like, cover song that he would sing in every show. Mm-hmm. And he came out and sang it. And it was phenomenal. 
Sam um, Ryder, that is? It is yeah, Sam. Okay, is. Sam Ryder, yeah. What's and, and he's just a YouTube dude? Yeah, I've actually shown you his videos. Uh, it, it's not in your necessarily your wheelhouse, but he is just, uh, he's got a really big mouth. Like, when he yeah. sings, like, his He's got mouth, an enormous mouth. He's got a huge mouth, but, like, his, his voice is kind of, like, just, you know how, like, uh, Steve, you and I have talked about this, like, just the perfect sounding voice like james taylor's got yes you know what i mean like his just his it. his tone is like does he have a Feruza bulk type mouth or a uh he, yeah it's okay. gigantic because and when he really hits these notes and i mean he he hits these really really high notes and you're and when he's singing and you know that the note is coming you're like okay what's he going to do here because there's no way he's going to be able to hit it and then and then he hits that's it. cool yeah. okay yeah uh, so he had come out. Uh, we also have. Uh, well, let me let me run down some of the playlists here sure, because it was it was pretty interesting. So uh, Wolfgang got up and uh, not only played "Hot for Teacher," but they also did uh, "On Fire," which is an awesome Van Halen song. Uh, them Crooked Vultures did a cover of "Goodbye Yellow Brick Road," Elton John. Yeah, it was so, a big deal because they haven't been together in like, ten years. The Crooked Vultures yeah. haven't. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and yeah, they played a few songs together. I'm not, I'm not going to go through everything uh, that happened. So uh, the Pretenders with Dave played uh, Brass and Pocket. They played more sh- songs than that, but I'm just highlighting one or two. Uh, the James Gang did Walk Away and Funk 49. Walk Away is a great song. Uh, Brian Johnson, Lars Ulrich, and the Foo Fighters did Back in Black and Let There Be Rock. Stuart Copeland got up and played with Foo Fighters. He played Next to You and Every Little Thing She Does is Magic. Uh, Getty Lee and Alex Lifeson and Dave played uh, Twenty One Twelve Part One, which is the overture, and then they played Working Man, and then uh, Omar Hakim, who is an amazing drummer from the world of jazz, uh, got up and played Y Y Z with Rush, wow. which I need to see. Yeah, uh, and then Brian May, Roger Taylor, and Foo Fighters with Luke Spiller singing, did We Will Rock You. Luke from uh, the Struts. It's excellent. Uh, and they also did I'm in Love with My Car, <laughs> which was kind of a running joke right. in Bohemian Rhapsody, if you remember. Uh, and they did Somebody to Love, which was uh, the song that Taylor would sing, as Marissa had said. And then Brian May did a, a solo he did, Love of My Life. So it was amazing. He went out into the center of Wembley and, you know, said... You know, 40 years ago, a, a young man wrote this song, and we celebrated him just like this. Now, we're going to sing the song, but we all have to sing it together. Ah. So all of Wembley, like, had their flashlights wow. on and was singing. I have chills just now recounting it. Wow. And when Foo Fighters uh, got up and did a set, uh, they played uh, Times Like These, All My Life, The Pretender, Monkey Wrench, uh, Learn to Fly, These Days, and Best of You. And they, they had switched through... Uh, Drummer, so John Freeze played Travis Barker, uh, Nandy Bichelle played Learn to Fly, and Rufus Taylor uh, played the last couple of songs, and then uh, they brought up Paul McCartney and, now, and Chrissy Hine. You would know better than uh, what I, but uh, apparently he has not played the song Oh Darlin' in concert for forever. Oh, no kidding. And they played it. Wow. So if you want to hear them uh, do. doing it. Yeah, so this is that. Here we go. <laughs> Behind. 
reason. You ruined it. it. <laughs> yeah. You didn't sing it right. Why would you do that? A lot of people don't know. Paul has a, a nasty side. He's a very side to him. And if you're you not... sound nothing like John. Nothing. <laughs> You'd think. Dear God, it's not like there's enough audio. You could work on it and get good. But you said, no, I'm not going to get good. I'm going to phone it in. Angry Paul. You blew it. You ruined it. <laughs> Made a mockery of his death. I tell you what, this game of cards on peace on this cemetery plot. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to kill me today, man. He is very, oh my God, very wound up. You know, it is a, a beautiful part, Preston. You mentioned that they did uh, times like these. Uh, but uh, that's one of the parts, I guess, Marissa, where Dave Grohl lost it. Yes, he had uh, he broke up in the middle of it and had a hard time getting through some of the lyrics, and the, the crowd was helping him along. So we have uh, some of the audio of that. Here we go. It's times like these learn to live again. It's times like these to give and get. you know, gets back to it, and then the band kicks in, and it just yeah. takes it to another level, and it's just uh, <clears throat> uh, really over the top and really energetic. Um, it does put in perspective when you lose anything, you know, in your life, when you lose someone that, that means a lot to you, it's clearly had, they had a very fraternal relationship, these two, and, and you know, uh, it, it, there's that... That that void that exists now, you mm. know, where there was this this person that meant so much and filled up so much of what, you know, Dave clearly was enjoying about life, and it's it, it everyone has had that experience where you know they're they're the, this person's not there anymore, mm-hmm. you know, and and occasionally you're reminded, uh, obviously this is the appropriate occasion of just how much that person meant. Yeah, it had to have come crashing back to him right yeah. the, right then and there uh, at that very, you know, it's just him on the mic yeah. and uh, the crowd singing along. It must have hit him all right at that time. Yeah, and on top of that, um, Alex and Getty never had got to do the Neil Peart tribute. So right. this was a little bit of a filler for that Interesting. Well, so. Are there plans for that ever? Remember, mm-hmm. it, it, it kept being postponed because of COVID? Uh, like, no, I don't remember. I don't remember that. there ever being one. And then also, like, it's just kind of dawning on me now that Wolfie is playing, and his father uh, passed away a couple of years ago. It's almost like well, he's... there there was an article that I read that uh, it, it started drawing all those parallels. Wolfie lost his father, you know, yeah, uh, right? Get, uh, getting and Alex lost Neil. Uh, if you want to go back even further, you know, there there were some other uh, uh, there, there was a whole list of of people who had, had passed. You know, obviously Freddie Mercury too soon, and. And all these, the, Paul the list of people who, who were gone too soon, you yeah. know, and yeah, John dying, you know, being killed and all that, and that it was kind of this theme, and uh, for for a lot of people that were there, 
uh, at mm. that event. So. Are a lot of people considering the <clears throat> most recent Corey Feldman tour, the Neil Peart tribute? Uh, maybe that's the unofficial, yeah. unofficial uh, Neil Peart tribute of Corey Feldman. <laughs> he, he was playing. He was playing, playing a couple of Chili's in Pittsburgh. Yeah, oh, okay. but, yeah. Corey's is way more up close and personal. <laughs> you know, like, these guys would never. Not only dare. can you be on stage, you can actually ride around on his back. Yeah. That was did, why he turned down Wembley because yeah. it, was, it was just too big. <laughs> uh, did they uh, with with uh, uh, Alex and and uh, Getty? Did they say anything? Thing that you remember in particular? When yeah, they, were... they had uh, a photo of uh, Taylor and Neil together. Oh, off, man. On, off to the side. And they said oh, something wow. about their friend. Yeah. Um, I can't remember exactly what wow. it was. But yeah. It was also... Um, I, I'm... Where's my picture? We were supposed to have a picture. <laughs> Nothing. Everyone else has pictures. Nothing. You can't... Me? You can't find a picture? <laughs> Pissed off, Paul. <laughs> Chrissy really set him off. Yeah. Um, I have to give a Chevy medal, and the Coattail Riders both played a full set. That was with Kesha came out, mm-hmm. and um, Nile Rogers came out with um, David Bowie's drummer Omar Hakim. Yep, they came out and played early, which was great. Um, and then I, I'm calling it like Violet Grohl's coming out party. Because Dave kept bringing her on stage to play a Jeff Buckley song, and then another song I can't... Oh, uh, an Amy Winehouse song, too. Right, and, right. And no, she she's was, good. She we've, was, we've heard her, yeah. She was young, and she was quiet. She didn't have that full energy yet, but it was kind of like the handoff where I think some, some big things are going to come of her career soon. Uh, let me hear a little bit of uh, Wolfie uh, playing Times Like These. No, uh, playing uh, uh, Hot for Teacher. Okay. It says Times Like These. Oh, really? But, yeah, but it should be Hot for Teacher. Here we yeah. go. also why I want to wait for the official yeah. put together video because the audio, audio is going to be better. better. It muddies it up, doesn't it? Uh, by the way, the this is Chevy Metal, right? Uh, this is Wolfie, and I think that is Taylor's brother. Okay, Sing? well, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Maybe it's Chevy Metal. You're right. Because on the drums, uh, the <laughs> on the drum head of the of the bass drum is a picture of Olivia Newton John, which well, was Taylor's drum set for a while. Well, it's the darkness is uh, Justin Hawkins on vocals and. Freeze on John Freeze on drums. On drums, but wait a minute. Because but... it was you said Justin Hawkins, and I thought that was his brother, but I guess it's not. All right, hang on a second. <laughs> no, go back to the, the Taylor's drum kit. He he, he used to have uh, Olivia Marissa. I'm, I'm looking at, at Connor, who is my also my Foo Fighters uh, <laughs> brethren over here, and wasn't that his drum kit? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, it was but he used kit. to have Olivia Newton John on the drum head. Yeah, remember they're doing real? all that like '70s like Bee Gees yeah. covers and all. So oh, that's his, cool. Oh, oh, wow. His, Drum kit was Olivia. She just passed. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I will goodness. say I, this. This audio is pretty crummy. Um, MTV YouTube had beautiful. That's what I. Watched I'm sure they did, but I still yeah. want it to be mixed yeah. and and well, so you know, straight out. You can, you can watch it on uh, Paramount Plus already. So they've, okay. they've yeah. cut it up, they've edited it, and it's now available on Paramount+. Plus. Well, that's good. How long is it? Do you know? Uh, there's several episodes. Okay. All right. Very cool. Well, we'll definitely have to do that. So, well, a sad occasion, but a wonderful celebration. Yeah. Uh, of, uh, of a guy who, um, you know, made an impact to a lot of people. When was the last time we had something of this scope? It does put you in mind of, like, Live Aid or, right. or you know, where you had 
multiple well, hours. Well, in America was like that this week. <laughs> <laughs> Bad bunny. By the way, we didn't play this clip. Uh, it was um, Taylor. I mean, they were welcoming out. Uh, Dave was welcoming out uh, his son, Sean. Yeah. Here Shane. we go. Uh, Shane, sorry. We got the little guy. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have uh, one more drummer that's going to come up and play with us tonight. Let me tell you, I don't think I've ever seen anyone hit the drums as hard as this person. But beyond that, he's a member of our family, and uh, he needs to be here tonight with all of us. And uh, I think it makes sense that he's going to come up and play with us tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome Mr. Shane Hawkins on the drums. Shane starts this song. Kid can play, man. Sure I was can. Watching. He was beating the hell out of the drums. Uh, somebody texts in. Steve says maybe in 2012 the Hurricane Sandy benefit in New York City was kind of like this. That yeah, that was <clears throat> yeah. We, you, you remember where you just could lose yourself for hours in in uh, events like this? You know what? The Freddie Mercury uh, concert years and years ago. Oh yeah, uh, that was another sprawl. The 9/11. 9/11. Uh, the concert for New York benefit. City. That's mm-hmm. the one that comes to mind. That was at the Garden, and that had the Who and and the Stones and Billy Joel and. Um, you know, Bon Jovi and like that was an, an incredible, incredible there's, night of music. There's no rush like that, Nick. Where you, where you have, no. I mean, where you have that sort of, I mean, the the creme de la creme, all motivated by whatever reason, yeah. usually very noble reason, uh, playing like that. It's just, it, it, you know, you you can, it's a you're, it's a fixed point in time you can remember. <clears throat> yep. Uh, so it was, uh, and so this can now be viewed on Paramount, you yes, said? Sir, yeah. All right, very cool. And and then I was at the Chili Peppers show that night, and uh, Chad Smith, who had a, there was a bunch of recorded pieces that ran throughout it. Um, pretty much everybody said that everybody that Taylor Hawkins was friends with um, made him feel like he was the only person they were talking to. Okay. Which was pretty cool. But yeah. uh, Chad Smith played with the Taylor Hawkins drum that night, and the uh, cameras fixed on that for a few minutes during the show, and everybody started cheering. It's just, That's cool. It's a big hit, apparently, and uh, this is all going to happen again in a few weeks in L.A. Yep, yep. So, And some big concerts this weekend. You went to the Chili Peppers. Nick went to see Dave Matthews in uh, in Oregon. Uh, Washington State. Washington State. Yeah, it's a place called The Gorge. It's outside of Seattle. And um, it was a flawless, perfect, incredible, amazing weekend. It was three nights. Uh, I stayed in an RV slash bus. uh, (laughs) Dolly Parton's. Dolly Parton's old uh, (laughs) tour bus, and um, which was, uh, Kathy, you would have even been okay. I would have been okay in it. Yeah, it was was like glamping style. It was like, it was unbelievably nice. Um, But it was just a really great vibe and an incredible place. And, um, you know, if you're not a Dave Matthews Band fan, I get it. But this place, uh, if you you are a fan is sort of like the mecca. It, everybody is there for the same reason. It's 30,000 people, three nights in a row. Uh, they don't repeat one song the whole damn weekend. And it's just this amazing place where the backdrop is the Columbia River Gorge. 
Um, and it's just it's it's a gorgeous uh, place to go see a show anyway for any show ever. Uh, but you know if, if Dave Matthews Band is your uh, you know if that's your jam so to speak, it's a really cool place to see. It's it. like up there with the Red Rocks uh, as far yeah. as the, the the atmosphere that you're getting. Right. The thing about Red Rocks is that <laughs> it's a, a you're it's a, a good analogy. But Red Rocks only holds like eight or nine thousand people. Right. The Gorge holds about thirty thousand people. Wow. It's, and it's really in the middle of nowhere. You ha- you know we have to fly into Seattle. Uh, to get and then drive two and a half hours to get there, um, but it's just it's such a uh, such an amazing place and just a really cool vibe with everybody being there for the entire weekend. Nice, and, um, yeah. It was just it was a cool and 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 then we were able to stream some of this Foo Fighters show uh, in, across the world in a completely different place for a different reason for a different band. Did and they make just, any mention of it? Uh, no, 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 no. We were just watching no. it on okay. on our bus. Oh, <laughs> so, I got you. Yeah. Uh, we were watching it outside, but um, the, one of the guys that I was with, this guy in America, is a huge Foo Fighters fan, so we were able to. Like watch some foos while we're at a Dave Matthews Band weekend uh, series. So wow. yeah, I was I was texting with Brent Porsche about it uh, a lot because he's a huge Dave Matthews fan, and um, so hopefully he can come with us next year because I'm going to try to do this every year. Does he do that every year, uh, Dave? Yeah. yeah. So they've been doing the Gorge for like 20 years or something wow. like that. Yeah. And I wasn't able to go last year. Uh, COVID was uh, affected two of the members of the band last year. Carter Beaufort and Stefan Lazar didn't play a year ago, but everybody was happy and healthy this time around. So. Uh, if I can go again next year, I'll go again. And, and you all know Corey Feldman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Corey was going to open. Um, but actually, speaking of openers, uh, shout out to Mount Joy. Uh, local kids doing really well. They opened on uh, Sunday, which was amazing. So this new band, newer up-and-coming band, opened for Dave Matthews. And uh, they're going to be playing at The Man on Saturday night. So cool. Mount cool. Joy, a bunch of great dudes. And uh, half of them went to the same high school as me, Conestoga High School. So wow. cool to see those guys opening up for Dave Matthews Band. And Dave was really laudatory of them as well. Nice. Yeah. That was neat. Very good. Big music weekend. We'll listen. We, uh, big music uh, weekend here on MMR as well with the yeah. AZ. It sounded great. And uh, I've been enjoying a lot. a lot of it. And we get the uh, the honor to continue that. So we'll take a break and we'll come back with more of the A to Z. But we also have a lot of stuff happening. Several guests on the program. Stephen Wright's going to be joining us. Bruce Falanche is going to be here. Uh, Harvey Levin, we're going to talk to him from TMZ because he's got this special called Who Really Killed Michael Jackson? Yeah, who killed me? I got to see what that's all about. And when we get back... Right after these commercials and the song, we're going to give you some details about Casey's Big Adventure. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Love Preston and Steve and WMMR? Check out WMMR.com for more of everything that rocks. Want to see something funny? Uh, Or maybe really messed up? Well, watch The Daily Rush at PrestonandSteve.com. It's a sight to behold. Or something like that. From 93.3 WMMR. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Steve pissed off Paul McCartney. <laughs> cracks me the hell up. I, it's just, I, don't, I don't know why, but it's just the outrageousness of it. This, the guy who's considered kills me. Probably the nicest guy <laughs> yeah. you'll ever meet. Yeah. Uh, hey, it's Tattoo Tuesday. We have a chance to win a Preston and Steve show themed tattoo from Floating World mm-hmm. Tattoo and Piercing. Yep. Uh, text the word tattoo to 39333. We'll get a winner by the end of the program. All right. We're going to do the B file. We got an announcement right after that. So here we go. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre File. Got some good stories for you, man. Oh, good. We're going to start with this. A fisherman miraculously survived after floating in a freezer in the ocean for 11 days without food and water. 
uh, Romulado Macedo Rodriguez. The light really does go out. Uh, was traveling in a 23-foot-long wooden boat in northern Brazil, and he was aiming to get uh, to an island off the coast of French Guiana to spend a few days fishing. But disaster struck. His boat began to fill with water and started sinking. Wow. He does not know how to swim. Oh, no. So he panicked and climbed into a freezer that he had on board, and he said he had no food or water and lost more than 10 pounds during his ordeal. And what troubled me most, he said, was the thirst. I thought that I was going to be attacked by sharks because there are a lot of curious fish on the high seas. And he was eventually spotted 11 days later by the crew of another boat, pulled him from the sea off the coast of uh, Suriname, with which borders French Guiana. Uh, Ramilado said that uh, it was the most important day of his life, and that he was born again after that. Uh, it was thought that he was rescued around 280 miles away from where his Jeez. boat sank. Video footage recording uh, shows the incredible moment that he was rescued. He was dehydrated and disoriented. He had sunstroke. His clothes were torn. He was given water and porridge by his rescuers. You always have to have that rescue porridge at the ready. <laughs> after he hadn't eaten for days on Case end. Case of emergency, make porridge. I can't believe he survived 11 days without water. I thought like six is the most. That's what go. I thought. He described uh, the whole thing as chilling, Preston. Uh, <laughs> uh, he was in a freezer. Uh, the wounds uh, he had on his body, which were li- related to the sun, were oh. already much better now. Uh, he says that he has had vision problems due to the excessive heat, salt, and light, and he was very calm and in good health. It's amazing. Soon he'll be returned to shore. After he was given return, after he was taken to shore, given first aid, he was then arrested by police oh, in Suriname for not having the right documents with him. Give the guy a break. I know. He just ate porridge. Uh, he was <laughs> reported to have spent 16 days in custody before finally flying home. But it didn't... 16 days? I know, right? So he goes from the freezer That's to insane. jail yeah. for 16 days. Yeah, exactly. All right. But he's doing better. Maybe they'll make a movie about him. Who knows? Freezer man. A Connecticut man wanted for exposing himself and pleasuring himself while skateboarding to trail walkers has been nabbed by police. What a beautiful day this is, and, and this is my penis. Uh, Emmanuel Morales was arrested for the incident over the course of several days in mid-July. Uh, the police received complaints from community members of a man on a skateboard exposing himself to walkers on the trail. Several witnesses also have reported that Morales was actively pleasuring himself. Oh. Sometimes you can't help it. <laughs> Following several police responses to the area... I don't know what it is about the great outdoors, but it makes me want to spank the hell out of it. A man matching the description provided by witnesses was uh, located and positively identified as being Morales. An arrest warrant was applied and granted shortly after Morales turned himself in to the police. So clearly, with people like this, it is the public nature of it that's the big turn-on, right? That's it's, it's, I guess it's gotta be, right? gotta be that, yeah. Uh, all right, this is messed up. A woman who was charged with murder in August after she was seen cradling her dead husband's body in a creek told police she was trying to baptize him and wash away his demons when he drowned. Mm. Uh, the police responded to a drowning call behind the municipal electrical facility. The caller said that they observed a woman holding a male in the creek. The caller said the male was possibly dead. Uh, the first fire rescue unit was on the scene, reached a man within the next minute. No resuscitative efforts were made as personnel determined the man was indeed dead. A woman was identified as Dora Maldonado. She was. Uh, she said that she that an unidentified man was baptizing her husband in the creek when he drowned, and she said she and her husband were contacted by the man at a local shelter. Uh, Maldonado is a Guatemalan citizen living at, unhoused at the moment. Police reviewed surveillance video from the shelter. 
saw that the couple did not meet up with another man. Police read Maldonado her rights and interviewed her, and she said the man had drowned, that had drowned was her common-law husband. The affidavit alleges she admitted during the interview that the other man did not exist. She explained going to the creek with her husband and being asked to baptize him in order to wash the demons away. During the baptism, she said she held him under the water for a substantial amount of time. She said he grabbed at her legs, and she held him under the water until he let go. Did the demons go away? Uh, she said she also stood on his stomach to hold him under the water. And then she drove a car over. Yeah, the death occurred uh, during the morning, and Maldonado said she spent numerous hours trying to revive him by putting him in and out of the water. Uh, she has been arrested and in the county jail in lieu of $500,000 bail. I think there's some uh, holes in this story. <laughs> All right, listen to this. This is the one. I love this story. This is in Madison, Wisconsin. On Thursday, police checked the IDs of 143 uh, people that were in a bar uh, in Madison and only six were of legal drinking age. Oh, my God. <laughs> only six of 143. 143. Only six <laughs> were of legal drinking age. 7-7, seven, seven, please. Uh, police with the Madison Police Department were conducting proactive enforcement in downtown Madison on September 1st, visiting <laughs> bars in the neighborhood and checking to see if the venues were enforcing <laughs> liquor laws. It's like a daycare center. At one of their bars, the officers cited 137 people for underage drinking or having false IDs. <laughs> uh, the Wisconsin State Journal named the bar as City Bar. Uh, the police said that they are actively working with the establishment on this investigation. They will not be named at this time until further steps are taken to determine the bar's role in the matter. Officers added oh that more God. citations are likely. Well, years ago, you know, when I was growing up, before they became very stringent on a lot of this stuff, there were bars that were known yeah, as being liberal into, yeah. with their... Underage bars. Yeah, yeah. There yeah. was a place called Murphy's in West Philadelphia, and we knew we could go there. You know, <laughs> But if, the, if if cops were to walk into Murphy's, they could right. have cited 137 out of 143, too. All right, and then one it's last... Like Dean Wormer walking in. <laughs> one last story. In India, and you guys saw the video of this uh, here in the studio, a ride turned out to be a nightmare for some people in Mahali on Sunday. In a tragic incident, a high-rise spinning ride, this is a, an amusement park ride, broke down and fell at the Desihara ground on Sunday. Fortunately, no fatalities reported. However, 10 people suffered injuries. Following the incident, uh, police were immediately rushed to the spot uh, to take stock on the situation. The injured were taken to the hospital for treatment. Some victims received head and neck injuries. So this thing goes 80 feet in the air. It's a spinning wheel, and then it just lets go and drops all the way to the ground without breaking at all. Mm. And you can see these people flying up out of their chairs and it's stuff. It's crazy. Uh, some people complained that uh, the safety measures were not adequate. Oh, that wasn't the safety measure kicking in there? And there is a probe into the incident yes. to try and find out what happened. I'm yeah. amazed that no one died. I yeah. know. Yep, me too. All right, there you go. That's what I got in the Bizarre File. I got many, many more great stories that we're going to get to a little bit later on. But we made an announcement uh, a little while back about uh, an event that we uh, had tried to pull off. I mean, down to the day before this is going to take <laughs> hours. 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 Yeah, hours, actually, of when we were going to actually surprise Casey with this event. <laughs> and it turned out we couldn't do it because COVID was the culprit and we could not make it happen. But we were literally going to send Casey. We were doing a live broadcast at Subaru of America. 
and we were going to put him in a Subaru, in an Outback, and he was going to drive across the country. We had it planned out with his wife, his family. <laughs> Bid him farewell. Yeah. Everything had been worked out so he could <laughs> do this. They were they had packed bags for him, and it just crumbled, and we couldn't pull it off. But we had to tell him about it that morning because otherwise we weren't going to be able to do it in the secretive nature that we tried to do it initially. It was, it was just, too much. It was The details were too much, and it would have never happened. So we, so we revealed it. And we were calling it Casey's Big Adventure, where he would drive from Philadelphia to Los Angeles. He's oh, and the reason we do this, he's always talked about wanting to drive across the country ever since the show began. Then somehow we wanted to incorporate it into the show, so we are going to make it happen. And I have the details to announce now for this. All right, so yeah, you can. all right, and there are, there are several different things that oh, are yes. cool about this, but we'll start with the actual date. Casey Boy is leaving on his big adventure Monday, September 19th from the radio station. And he is headed for a five-day cross-country adventure that we will check in with the entire time. Oh, yeah. He is going to be uh, doing all kinds of stuff on social media or website, and, and you will be along for the ride. Now, here's... The thing is, initially, we were going to send him because he needed a co-pilot. We weren't going to send him by himself. There's too much to do. No. So we were going to send uh, Chuck D'Amico, our assistant program director, and bestie of Casey, uh, to be his co-pilot. Um, Chuck can't make it for this time frame. So we need to bring somebody else on board. And uh, this was, uh, I think this was Casey's idea to make this happen. It was. And it's funny because uh, when you guys were planning this months and months ago, when you called my wife to essentially ask her permission if she'd be okay with me doing this, she was like, as long as you don't send him with like Gary Lauer and, you know, uh, you know, you make, 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 make that. sure that, that, that you, you, you're sending him across the country with somebody that he's going to be able to get along with. Well, Casey, <laughs> we couldn't get Gary Lauer. No, no. <laughs> but we could get, ladies and gentlemen, Jackie Bam Bam yeah! to join yeah! Casey Boy. And Jackie is on the phone now. Jackie. Good morning, guys. I, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> We're going to find out in two We're weeks. We're going to find out. <laughs> I, I'm thinking a little bit of both, but a good kind of bad. So no matter what you do, Jackie, it's going to be a win. Uh, and we're in a Subaru. I thought we were going on Dolly Parton's tour bus. <laughs> we got to be special to do oh, that. Oh, how soon things change. Yeah, so so the two of you are going to be in there. Now, we're also going to have a third person. We want to document this whole thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so our friend uh, Kyle McCarty is going to be going along. And uh, you know him as Wide Angle Kyle, if you've been listening to the show for a long Wide time. Wide Angle Kyle! Wide Angle Kyle! And uh, also uh, Delco. Yeah. And uh, is he from Delco? No, no, he the does song. the Delco oh, jingle. Oh, sorry. I was yeah. like, he's not from Delco. <laughs> no, All the, he, the activities, jingles, and... Yeah, yes. he, yeah, sings, yeah, yeah. he sings Kathy's uh, activities. Delco. That's Kyle right there. So uh, he is going to be documenting this, so we will have video galore uh, to cool. eventually... Uh, on the way, it'll be live. We'll do some live stuff, but also yeah. we'll be able to chop all this together in a nice package. Now, Jackie, initially you had some concerns about this uh, as to whether or not during the five days you're going to stop and eat. Uh, and uh, <laughs> legitimate concerns like that. And you will get to go to the bathroom and eat and sleep. It's not an around the clock. He did ask me. He's like, what happens if I have to go to the bathroom? <laughs> 
<laughs> I go, well, you know what? We'll probably pull over for you. You know, <laughs> yeah. probably do that. By but, the way, uh, because uh, it's going to be three people now instead of just two, uh, Subaru has upgraded us, which is really cool. So Ooh. our buddy Matt Ritter is giving us a Subaru Ascent. Wow. So it's not going to be the Outback anymore. Ooh. It's going to be three rows of an, uh, a really nice car, the Subaru Ascent. So thanks. Nice. By the way, that, Matt Ritter and everybody at Subaru, they're so easy to deal with. Unbelievable. Can't, can't thank them enough. Jackie, are you going to be able to do some of the driving on this thing? Well, you know what? When I spoke with Casey Boy, I'm very, very good at nighttime driving. Now, when he calls into the show each and every morning, you, you might hear me snoring in the back of that third row. But I'll handle the nighttime drive. We'll go right through the night if that's how we're going. I, I'm hearing the details as you're giving them right now. Uh, you know, I, I once he said he needed a partner in crime, the bizarre boys you can call us. I'm a Delco boy too. Me and Case, we're we're great together. I I think I'm honored. And to make yeah. him happy, yeah, I'll cruise through the night. He can handle the daytime driving. And uh, like you said, um, our boy Kyle, uh, you know, the radio is going to be great because Kyle worked with the Temptations. Casey Grew is going to want to listen to Fish. I don't know about <laughs> if I'm going to handle that on the radio. And all well, that. so I'm glad you said that because, A, uh, I, I got to do stuff where we are going to be able to highlight Kyle singing. But then also, Jackie... Right. I've I've ordered some special things just for you. Uh, I ordered a, a nice set of razors because you, you first thing you said to me when I invited you along what? is that you wanted to shave my whole body. We're gonna do that. You're Wait, gonna what? shave. Here, yeah, what? that's what Jackie does. He shaves his whole body. Did was, you know that? That was the first thing you said. We've been was, trying to pull this. We've been trying enough. to pull this bit off from many moons ago. Um, we have not. Her. You have. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you shave my body. Maybe night one. Right, you're gonna have to stand on the, uh, you know, the tile floor where your balls will, you know, tighten up. And right. What? Yeah. <laughs> Jackie has an old yeah. plan. Yeah, your balls have to be tight before Jackie will even think about shaving your nutsack. Yeah. Hey, um, if you don't mind, can you let me handle my uh, <laughs> nether regions? You don't trust Jackie? No, I don't. Uh, all right. uh, and then also, Jackie, I I would be honored if you were our DJ uh, all week long. I I um I just purchased some. Some uh, disco lights for the for the ascent, so that uh, you can. Oh, really? You can, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. As long as yeah. I'm driving during the nighttime, I'm fine. I'll stay up all night I, long. Hey, by the I way, you're not my bladder. You worry about the ranch dressing, Jackie. This isn't long. like this isn't the cannonball run. You're not going to be driving no. nonstop. <laughs> you guys are going to stop and sleep. We I, told him this and, and see the country. You're not going to drive overnight. It's, yeah. You, so you're you're good to go. Yeah. Our friends from Marriott are going to be giving you guys places oh. to stay uh, along the way. We're high rolling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not only that, you're going to stop at some of the, the, the iconic places one can see when one drives across this big, beautiful country of ours. Yeah. So, actually, I'm going to highlight some of the stops Please. along the way. Yes. Um, we, we, one of the things we want to do is make sure that the first leg... Uh, is a pretty big one. Uh, so that way, if there are some issues along the way, then we've already covered a nice chunk of the country. You have a buffer. We'll have no problem getting there in five days. So stop number one is going to be my old hometown of St. Louis, Missouri. Yeah. Almost yeah. Dead, dead center of the country. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to try to have some things planned for you guys to do while you're there. Yeah. So we the initial idea was that we were going to stop in Nashville. And I was like, you know what, man? I would love it if we could spend maybe Tuesday morning, uh, you know, just checking out some of your old haunts. Okay. Uh, right. So, you know, we're going to maybe develop, uh, you know, some games and contests or, or whatever bits to to do in and around see, see, the Chesterfield a, area. Take uh, a history of, of Preston. <laughs> now are you going to get time to do the Yarch? 
I I have I hope to. So. I yeah, have yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, um, they're they're you know I can't go through there and not spend well, a little bit of time at the yard. So it's a national park, which is really cool. And uh, Matt Ritter again at Subaru, they're giving you and Jackie a national parks pass to get across the entire country. So you're actually going to be driving through or near several. Yeah, uh, and that'll be the first. All right, and uh, I definitely. I want to do some stuff for Preston while I'm there. So, Preston, if you have any errands that you want me to run. Okay. Maybe we can come up with some things for you to do. Uh, Now, they're going to travel along, uh, you know, the the historic uh, Route 66 because you're going to go through Oklahoma City. It goes through St. Louis. (laughs) Oklahoma City is also pretty. Uh, And then uh, you'll be on Route 66 then headed uh, to, and and there'll be little stops in between here and there. Yeah. But these are just some of the highlights. Uh, you're going to go through Albuquerque. Yes. I got to make sure that Breaking I make a, a left turn at Albuquerque, mm-hmm. as Bugs Bunny always said. But yeah, I have to go see where Walter White lived. I got to see Los Poyos Hermanos. Uh, and then and they also, have the new bronze statues. I there. definitely have to see that. Um, but uh, yeah, Albuquerque. And I want to. I, I listen. I love the Southwest. So uh, anything I can do that's kind of cool in between Oklahoma City and Albuquerque. Somebody was telling me that in Pee Wee's Big Adventure, where they're hanging out in him and Simone are hanging out in the dinosaur. That that's somewhere along our route. So, so you, can, you can find it. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, closer to the end, but in between Oklahoma City and Albuquerque is Cadillac Ranch in Amarillo, Texas. All Actually, right. The Cadillacs are buried in the sand. Yeah. So a, a lot of these types of things are going to creep up. And, you know, we are trying to get you across the country, so you're going to have um, a limited amount of time. But we want you to see, you know, what you're driving past hey, as you're going there. Nick, when you just mentioned that. Should, should we... Rethink letting Jackie go to the bathroom then? Oh, you know what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just to make sure that we get there on time. Good point. Uh, then uh, they're going to end up in uh, Palm Springs, California, uh, and catch a sunset at Joshua Tree National Park. Uh, and then the final stop will be Los Angeles, California. and the Windy uh, City. Hopefully, yeah, the Windy City. And hopefully we're going to be doing uh, some Friends of the Show surprises at that final stop. How about that, Jackie? I'm super, super psyched. You know, it's funny. You said Los Angeles. I don't uh, know if you guys mentioned this already. The brand new Monsters movie, before we slam it, Rob Zombie, uh, the cuckoo clock in the Monsters, the raven that comes out of the clock. Guess who does You talking about the Monsters? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, so go ahead. Yeah, Herman Monster, Lily Monster. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the brand new movie Rob Zombie's putting out yeah. this month. Guess who does that voice? On the, I'm super excited. On and the I cuckoo them, clock? Yes, the raven that comes out of the cuckoo clock. Who? Freddie Corey from Cinderella. Oh! Ah. Wow. What does that have to do with anything? This is going to be a fun trip. Biden mentioned that the other night. (laughs) Why is he bringing this up? Because Cinderella's from the area. We're going to be coming through Los Angeles. You're not interested in seeing the monster movie? He's going through Los Angeles. You know what? I'm not. Wait, what does it have to do with Los Angeles, Jackie? Because Freddie lives out there, and I told him we're going to be in the area. I said, maybe you want to call him the Preston Steve Show when we arrive there before we get, you know, wrap this thing up. So I've been calling That's, not that's great. Dad, we'll, we'll book the guests, though. But thank you, uh, Jackie. Okay, that's that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, no, we'll just crash at his house. <laughs> we have the voice of the cuckoo clock in the, in the Munster movie. Uh, it was worth this trip. <laughs> it's either going to be the greatest or the worst week of your life. I know. No, listen, Casey and, and Jackie and Jackie, you're right. You you guys you guys have a special thing. I mean, you call Casey all the time, and I think this is going to be a great uh, a great sojourn. Now, obviously, when you were a touring musician, Jackie, you 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 were you you went to many different cities. Have you ever taken a trip like this of this duration? 
And I have, and that's why I think I'm very uh, suitable for the gig because, uh, you know, we drove a van. We played uh, Atlanta. We played Georgia. We played Mississippi, Alabama. We, and I, I love going across the country driving, so this is great. Yeah. All right. And I took a lot of the driving. All right, man. Well, we're, we're psyched that you were going on the trip with him, and we'll be checking in regularly with you guys. And we're only a couple of weeks away from this before we get started. Another pit stop uh, is going to be in uh, Winslow, Arizona. You guys are going to be standing on a corner in Winslow, Arizona. And so there's actually a little uh, plaque there for yes, the there is. song. So that should be good. I mean, really, this there are so many cool things to see and do when driving across the country. Yep. All right, Jackie, we will see you on the 19th. We kick off this trip. All right, my man? I'm so happy. Thank you, guys. You bet. Honor, Case. Love you, man. Love you, man. Casey's Big Adventure, Jackie Bam Bam. Co-pilot. He's so cute. Along with uh, Kyle, uh, who will be documenting the whole thing. So we're excited to get this underway. And listen, if you are, if you're listening and you podcast and you're in one of those cities, uh, let us know. Uh, and you never know, we might have yeah. a, might have a, a meetup of some. I would Absolutely. love that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we'd love to meet listeners along the way. I got a text from Kyle during that segment, and he says. Uh, must I document the shaving, too? Are we talking about pubes as well? <laughs> yeah. Yes. yes. Every okay. bit of it. Yeah. Every, every bit of it you have to get. All right, so he'll get in the vehicle and start driving on Monday, September 19th. So we're looking forward to where this is going to go and how this is going to go through the week and how it's going to end. Check-ins, social media, lots yep. of video. It's, yep. It'll be happening all throughout other shifts. Everyone will be checking in. It'll be great. All right, got to take a break. We'll come back in a second. Stephen Wright is going to be up in just a little bit as well. Several other guests, so stay with us. The new and improved MMR app is out. It's faster, better organized, yet fully customizable to your liking. Start poking around now. If you want the latest rock news or Sarah's Rock Breakdown to show up top on your app feed, easy. Need to stay current on everything from the Preston and Steve show? Choose so it's delivered right to the top. Browse the latest station merch in the MMR Rock Shop. Look for Marissa's App Hack videos to get the ultimate user experience. So update your app now and then customize it to make the new MMR app your app. This is what's great about the A to Z. I just got a text from somebody said so we played uh, we played the Guns N' Roses uh, Live and Let Die yeah about a half hour ago because that was our last song we played and then we just played the Paul McCartney one and somebody texted and said would you guys believe I've never heard this version before <laughs> that's perfect wow that's crazy yeah. but I guess it happens man yeah. I know Casey's coming to me he's like dude I never knew this song was a cover song yeah, no clue uh, yeah. until I heard the original artist play it so it happens as part of the A to Z man I, I love that you get yep. to find out these awesome things speaking of awesome our next guest is awesome uh, he's going to be in town at the Keswick Theater we've had the pleasure of speaking to him uh, before and love having him on uh, so please won't you give some love to <laughs> the one and only Mr. Stephen Wright yeah, yeah. Good morning, Stephen. Good morning. How's it going? Dude, it is going great. It is wonderful uh, to talk to you. We are big fans, so thanks for joining us today, man. Thank you. And uh, listen, are you a, um, would it be contrary to, like, your persona, are you a morning guy or morning season? Because <laughs> you don't, you know, impress me as a morning person, but I have a feeling you. I might be surprised by that. Yeah, it might, you know, when you get older, you Body clock changes. Uh, I'm like I'm up on an exercise. I'm on a, a bicycle riding like at eight thirty in the morning. I don't okay. know what happened. I used, 
I used to, when I was in my 20s, I would look at the clock and when I when I went to bed, and that's when I would get up the next day. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it's a bizarre shift that takes place. I remember years and years ago, you know, visiting my grandmother in Florida, and, and she's, like, suggesting dinner at 1.30, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and I'm like... This is, good Lord, never let this happen. And and now I start to find myself eating earlier. All those things you said would not happen are happening. Yes, it slowly changes without you noticing. <laughs> right. It, it, that, it, in fact, that's probably the nature of it, so you can't put a stop on it. It, it. Nature will force you to eat early dinner no matter what you try to do. <laughs> hey, you mentioned riding a bike, so our producer here, Casey, he gets out and does like 30, 40 mile rides are you doing it at that level steven no uh you know i go by time not the distance i go about an hour and 15 minutes hey, that's probably like eight miles or 10 maybe no i can't do what he does i mean that's amazing i'm yeah. addicted to it though i have to do it it's like i like i drug for me i have to do it i drink a half a cup of coffee <laughs> then i ride the bike then I <laughs> well, I, I had to dump out you know, on you because we're on terrestrial radio, but um, weird stuff, weird stuff. Yeah. But sorry, yes, sorry. it's all no, good, no problem. But even that was <laughs> we've never so only on rare occasions would you get to hear cursing from uh, Stephen Wright. Right. Yeah. yeah, and so that was quite an honor. That. Thank you. Yeah, never done that on the radio. I don't know. I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. he, he, you know, uh, Stephen, so doing, uh, you know, some reading up on you, obviously, you know, always do a little bit of uh, research as people are coming on. And I don't know if this is true or not, but it, it kind of made me remember something um, about uh, talking about the, your um, your influences. George Carlin's name is mentioned as far as stand up goes, but also Woody Allen. Was Woody Allen's stand up influential in yeah. your approach? That's the thing. I stumbled on this radio program when I was like 16. I was trying to listen to the Boston Bruins, and I accidentally got this other station, which the guy, the guy played two comedy albums every Sunday night. Mm. And I listened to that for like two years, and I learned so much from listening to his show. And that's where he played Woody Allen, had a double comedy album yeah. stand-up. I didn't, I didn't even know he did stand-up before the movie. You're, you're and the, within those albums, I learned, like, how to structure a joke. You're, hmm. the, you're the only one I've ever heard mention. Because, yes, I've all people may not be familiar, but he did a great stand-up, many great stand-up hours. A lot of the material, you know, was sort of, in a way, remind reminds me of, of your style. And he had two books that were sort of like comedy Bibles, at least when I was in college, Getting Even and Without Feathers. Did you read those? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I did. Definitely. And, and he's a genius. He's, he's unbelievable. He's from, he's like on the Mount Rushmore of comedy minds, in my, in my opinion. Him, George Carlin, Richard Pryor. Unbelievable. Did you see the, uh, the Apatow, the Judd Apatow um, documentary on Carlin? Yes, I saw it. I was actually in it. Were you? I surprised. I, yeah, I, I got to, they interviewed me about him, and uh, I think I thought it was very well done. I mean, all the different stages Carlin went through, just a genius. You know, it, it's funny because I love, I love hearing other people who I admire talk about people that they admire, and, and, and what the step-off point was, uh, you know, with with Carlin's transformation, you've been your approach has been. Uh, you've obviously evolved, but it's been pretty linear. You're almost 
an adjective in comedy because it's like that's a that's right esque. That's that's sort of you know the, the sort of um, uh, um, deadpan delivery and everything. It d- does it amaze you when people use you as a sort of a benchmark to compare other comedians to. No, I, I mean that's fine. You know, I I just feel lucky that I, you know, I didn't decide to think like this. This is how I see. <laughs> right. I just, you know, it, it it went together. You know, it just accidentally went together. So I feel very fortunate. Hey, Stephen, I was curious about you know in, in your earlier days when you were developing your act and 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 especially with you with your style with your your your. Uh, your your original delivery that you have that that very low key thing, if that was hard uh, to pull off initially in comedy clubs, if you get people that are a little bit raucous yeah, yeah. and maybe not in to, for that type of tone, and was that hard to handle? No, no, that's an interesting question because the audience doesn't care. They don't they don't care about anything as long as it's funny. Mm. So in the beginning. Some of the jokes they would laugh at, and some of them they wouldn't. So that was the joke. It wasn't how I was saying it, because right from the beginning, some of it worked and some of it didn't. So they don't care about that, really. I, yeah, I, you can't you can't just be up there and be kind of a drone, and if you're not saying funny things, they're not going to respond. Exactly. So clearly, the material has to speak. Yes, yeah. yes. And I think your, your style forced you to be prolific, because... You know, it's it not people love to hear. It was weird because I remember seeing you, and and people would call out jokes that they love, like <laughs> it, it, it almost that's something that's usually reserved for singers. You know, mm-hmm. sing this song for me. But they your your jokes became so iconic. But um, you know, I think that that obviously forced you to be as prolific as you are because you know you had to create new material that wasn't expected. Would would I be correct in saying that? I mean, I just, I just write what comes into my head. Sometimes there's a lot. It's like rain. Sometimes it rains and it doesn't rain, and it sprinkles and it pours it's like that. That's yeah, just how it, that's how it goes. You mentioned we were talking about the early days, and I saw a documentary on a place called the Ding Ho Restaurant in Cambridge, and I've heard this mentioned many times before. Was this one of the? This is one of the foundational clubs for uh, comedians in and around the Boston area, correct? Yes, that place was uh, run by the great Barry Kermans, a great political comedian. He opened that, and uh, that place was incredible. It was in Inman Square in Cambridge, and it was in half a Chinese restaurant, half a comedy club, and uh, that's how I got seen by The Tonight Show. The Tonight Show heard about that place, and then one of the producers, Peter LaSalle, was in Boston looking at colleges for his kid, and they, they, we wanted to go in there. And he went in there and he watched some people and then he saw me and then three weeks later I was on the Tonight Show. So I owe a whole my life changed from that club. Wow, it was there was so many fascinating uh, memories that different comedians had of that establishment. But the fact that that launched you onto the Tonight Show and that's classic. Your appearance on the Tonight Show is is classic footage. Can anything these days, Stephen, compare hmm. to the tectonic shift? That would take place if you did well on the Tonight Show that uh, of that era. I I don't think everything's so different now. There's so so many different channels. You know, the the cable was just coming in then. There's not like one magic door now like that, like an Alice in Wonderland power of that television show that you could walk through, and then the, and seven minutes later, the next day, your life is different. 
it, it, people come up in so many different ways now, which is which is great. I'm not saying one is better than the other one. It's just very, very different. Now. I think you, though, I think you were absolutely, or say your career was starting now, I think you would have excelled given this new method of getting your stuff out there because I constantly see short snips of your stand-up on TikTok, of people like Mitch Hedberg and other people who have, you know, were, were easily digestible bits um, I mean, I see you all the time. I, I assume, I don't know if you're you're responsible for it, but your stuff is being discovered again. Do you find you have a lot of new fans because of social media? Yeah, like people, like, I don't know, they see that on there, younger people, and it's like, that's the thing about the Internet and all those clips now. Like, years and years ago, that stuff would just never be seen. Now it's like a time machine. The Internet is like a giant time machine. Yeah, no, it's wild. How does that? How does that translate for you uh, in in you know in any kind of of sales or anything like that, or more people coming out to the show? I don't. I don't really know. I, I have uh, young people and old people, middle aged people, all <laughs> all in. I don't really know how it affects that. Okay. I don't really pay attention to that. I just try to think of some new stuff and then try it during the show. So it's it's funny because when we're doing research on you, I remember you know we've had young, we're all ma- major fans, but there's not a voluminous amount of stuff in the way of you know a lot a lot of interviews and things like that. I mean, to me, it's always been. Or at least the perception we have is that is that stand up is the core thing for you. Uh, I mean, I know you're a musician as well. You do, you know, you're also a painter and do artwork and stuff. But at the core of it is, is stand up comedy your main and ultimate um, focus all the time. Yeah, well, yes. I mean, I, I mean, you know, like I said, I drink the coffee. Yeah, you know? <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> I owe a lot of my career to coffee. I have to tell you, <laughs> coffee has been integral. <laughs> and, and you know, I, I, if I might, I might want to like fool around with the guitar or just paint a little bit. But most of it is most of my mind is coming up with stuff. I'll write stuff down, and it's not even jokes or anything. I'll just write anything down. I, I love words. I I like to write stuff. Right. Uh, where's home for you now, Stephen? Are you still on the East Coast? Yeah, I live in Carlisle, Massachusetts. And so, born and raised in that area? Yeah, I was born in Burlington, Ma- Cambridge, Massachusetts. Yeah. Nice. I was nice. born in Mount Auburn Hospital. And about 10 years ago, I went into the hospital and I wanted to go into the room that I was born in. So, I, you know, I went up and I said, uh, where's the room? And they said, oh, it's, it's, it's an operating room now. But they brought me to it, so I was standing outside the room I was born in. That's why I wanted to go in there. I wanted to call my mother from that room. <laughs> I wanted to say, remember where we met? This is where we met. <laughs> <laughs> That's I love true. it. That's where I am. I'm in that room. Oh. <laughs> Well, yeah. you mentioned your mother, your, and, and I don't, again, these things pop up online. You don't know if this is true or not, but did your dad indirectly work with NASA at one point? He worked for a company called iTech in Burlington, in the town we lived in, and that company would test things that were going to go up on the Apollo. They weren't a NASA, they weren't NASA directly, but they would send stuff there and they would put it through all these tests so that it could, you know, go through the whole system there. 
So, you know, he would bring me in. One time he brought me in on a Saturday. The place was closed, and he showed me a camera that was going to go up to the moon oh, on the Apollo. That's cool. It was all wrapped in plastic. It looked like the size of a refrigerator. Mm. I mean, it, it, it was an incredible experience to have your father doing that. So, so that's awesome. That is super cool. We're, we're perpetually fascinated by the uh, the uh, NASA and the space program and all that stuff. But I, I, with what he was doing and and your your parents in general, when you first made the call decades ago to uh, pursue a career in comedy, was that met warmly or with resistance? You know, I never said to them I wanted to do it. I never said to anyone I wanted to do it. I thought if I talked about it, it would jinx it. Yeah. When I started doing it, my father would come, you know, he'd come many times. And I remember one time he said to me, you know, maybe, maybe you should like something, you know, get a real job, maybe. You know, he only said that that one time, hmm. you know, but he was looking out for my best interests. Were, were you doing anything at the time to, to make ends meet besides comedy, just to, you know, put a few bucks in your pocket? Yes, I was doing comedy at night, and in, and in the day I was working at the MIT had a had a bookstore, like a store for all the students to buy clothes and all their equipment and everything. And I I worked in there, I ran the cash register. Wow, that must have been pretty wild being around and in that environment. Yeah, I mean it was just a store, you know. It was just <laughs> like, but you know, it was like then when I made enough money to pay the rent, like just barely, then I left that job. Okay, right. it's wild. Also, Makes another sense. fun fact: you, you've done some voiceover work in your life too. And I forgot I was watching over the weekend. They had Reservoir Dogs on. Mm-hmm. You are the voice of the DJ in uh, in uh, Reservoir Dogs, correct? Yes, very fortunate to be in that too. Yeah, Quentin Tarantino's first movie. The editor was a friend of mine, and she suggested me to him, and then he liked the idea, so that's how I got in there. That's yeah, pretty cool. That's a groundbreaking movie. Yeah, absolutely. Was, uh, and and yeah. do do the roles still come up from time to time? I mean, I remember you in, um, you know, So I Married an Axe Murder and uh, Natural Born Killers and so on. Yeah, not, not as much. I just did this voiceover for an HBO thing, uh, uh, something Island. I can't remember the name of Chillin it. Chillin' Island. Island. Chillin' yeah, Island. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was that was fascinating because I. It was just the way they did that. They were very creative. They. I mean, it was what was I was saying and what you were seeing was just all of it was surreal. Yeah, I've heard good things about it. Uh, 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 what is it? Thank you. What 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 is what is the what is the basis of the what is the series about Chillin' Island? Because it... oh, it was like these these fa- these rocks these famous rapper guys who I didn't even know who they were, and they're walking around out in the desert with a couple of other people, and it's just you should look at it. It's okay, very. And I'm doing voiceover, and I'm commenting what they're doing, or I'm talking about something that has nothing to do with what they're doing. <laughs> it was a very bizarre thing. Yeah, the re- the reviews are really good. Fun. Yeah, the reviews are solid. The reviews are solid. So yeah, it's uh, or at least the the advances are uh, is, yeah. is is pretty amazing. So I I had not heard of it until this uh, interview. So I'll have to check it out. Yeah, it's on HBO yes. apparently. Yeah. All right. Yes. Well, Stephen, you got the gig. It's at the Keswick Theater on Thursday night. Just wanted to kind of help get the word out because we have, like we said, we're definitely fans, and people get tickets at uh, keswicktheater.com. So we're looking forward to a great night here in Philly. 
Thank you very much. Thanks. Good talking to you again. All right, yeah. you too. Thank you, man. Take care. Stephen Wright, guys. Yeah. Uh, he's awesome. I remember when he... Uh, First hit the scene. I might have seen. I don't. I don't think I caught him on uh, the Tonight Show, but I think I saw him on like Rodney Dangerfield's. How many Stephen Wright jokes were you oh, repeating oh, to friends? Dude, everybody was. Yeah. And just it's his his deadpan delivery and his one liners because he had just that's what it was. He had a series of these one liners, just boom, 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 and they were great. And it was wild. You, you if you have seen him more than on one occasion, you'll see audience members yell out. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. there was a joke somebody yelled out about you know, the. Um, uh, was it um, uh, fire plug or the uh, you know the on the street the hydrants hi, fire hydrant? Yeah. And his joke was, "I worked at a fire hydrant factory. We couldn't park anywhere near it." Right. Uh, and 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 uh, uh, <laughs> you know that's one the so it's kind of a weird thing from uh, from his perspective to yeah. well they already know the punchline you yeah, know yeah uh, and so you'd have to kind of adapt. The best was seeing him almost laugh. When, yeah. when he would when he would start to break, right. and he had to really reel it in, and the audience knew he was trying to laugh, and they would start laughing, yeah. and he would have to kind of steal himself, mm-hmm. and then get back into the groove of things. I always loved it when that it happened. is pretty wild. Yeah. All right, uh, well, anyhow, we should take a break because we have more guests on the way. Yes, we have a whole series Crazy. of guests uh, that are coming up. A reminder that it is a tattoos day. And we have a chance for you to win a Preston and Steve themed tattoo. Text the word tattoo to 39333. And you just might win. It's a $350 gift certificate for Floating World Tattoo and Piercing. But that's not all. No! If you call now, we'll give you this amazing offer. Actually, um, it is an amazing offer. And it is a chance for you to see Clerks 3, the convenience tour, with Kevin Smith in attendance tomorrow night at the Keswick Theater. Come on. And we'll take call number 22. And we'll give you those tickets. 215-263-WMMR. It is sold out. Of course, we're buds with Kevin Smith, so we have tickets. Yes. All right, so call number 22. You'll be able to go tomorrow night at the Keswick Theater, see the movie, the Q&A with Kevin Smith in attendance afterwards. That's a pretty sweet deal. And Q&A is like a mofo. A to Z continues. We are in the L's. Find out what is next. And we have more guests on the way. Stay with us. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast, 93.3 WMMR, everything that rocks. So the A to Z, uh, yesterday I had um, had an hour-long drive, so I'm like, this is perfect, I'll put on the A to Z, I'll just dive right into this, and uh, I was meeting some friends to play golf, and, and uh, you know, so started listening to some really cool tunes I hadn't heard in a while, which is standard of, of the A to Z. And then on the way back, I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. I'll listen to this on the way home. You right. know, hour the other way. Yeah. And when I got in the car, it was at the beginning of Inagata DeVita. <laughs> oh, my God. From Iron Butterfly. I hate that song, okay? <laughs> but I listened to every second of it and on the A to Z. Did it and somehow it, seem better to yeah, you? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that's that's why I bring this up. For, because it's packaged in this sense... There are some songs, and listen, you know, uh, to quote Pierre Robert, it's all rock and roll. And yeah. It's all one of everything. Yeah, but there are songs you like and songs you don't like. Yeah. And that's one of them. But I'm like, I'm going to spend the entire nine minutes or however long that song is and, and listen to it. And I loved it. It was great. Man. I always think of the way it was used in the Michael Mann movie Manhunter. You remember in that 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 yeah. that trippy yeah, sequence near the at end. the end? Near yep. the end. Uh-huh. And it's used to great effect. But yeah, not, I... Somehow, and I think that's the the beauty of still what terrestrial radio does and what we can do, is that when you have, when it has a curated feel to it, mm-hmm. and you're listening communally, 
it's kind of a cool thing, yeah. you know? I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I, and that to me is like, it's it's going out there into the world at the same time. Agreed. And yeah. that's what that, I love about it. That, that's one of the special things about, yeah. uh, I, I think, broadcast radio. And, and uh, Marcus was on the air and he was sharing texts that were coming in from around the country yeah. of people that are listening. And there was somebody in, you know, some town in... Uh, Iowa or, or uh, some I'd never heard of, and or maybe it was Alabama, and they were listening to Iron Butterfly, huh. getting a <laughs> kick out of it. And I'm like, yeah, this is what I'm digging about this whole thing, is everybody's hearing this at the same time. It's yeah. cool. And this list was put together with a lot of work. Uh, it's, oh, yeah. it's funny, if you want to see Bill, Bill, man about town, Bill Weston, <laughs> all you have to do is say, hey, how come you didn't include? Oh, my God. <laughs> and his, his brain pain. Oh, whatever. Me. We're doing the best we can, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> it's know. a blessing and a curse that we have access to all this stuff. but uh, And it speaks to uh, how cool it is that people feel um, a sense of ownership and will suggest yeah. songs. Yeah. So it's cool. Yeah, most definitely. So we're working our way. Uh, yeah, yesterday I had a nice chunk of the eyes uh and uh i was curious as to where we were going to end up today you nick you had asked about it last week and i think that uh i had said that we were going to be on the jays no. by the time we yes. got her you said jays because james was sitting behind you oh, uh yeah, the yeah. listener and he was excited that uh, you started the word with jay yeah yeah but no here we are in the l's which else. is a nice big <laughs> chunky uh, a category to go through on the back to school A to Z, and obviously that will continue on and on, and it goes on for days. We never know when the hell it's going to end because it's just a, this little adventure that we go on, and we'll find out where we end up very soon. All right, our guests have just made it into the studio. We always like to meet our guests ahead of time, but sometimes you get sucky weather like this today. <laughs> onto the freeway with us. Yes, exactly. <laughs> on the skill kill. But we are excited that they, it's close. <laughs> They're excited that uh, our friends are here this morning because they are in town on October. Actually, it's now through, yeah. uh, I'm sorry, the 14th uh, through October 2nd at the Delaware Theater Company, um, and it is called Here You Come Again. It's this very interesting Dolly Parton tale, mm-hmm. uh, sort of, and we're going to get the details. Uh, but we want to welcome back to our studio, Mr. Bruce Valencia. Yes. Yes. Here I am. Nice. Wet and wonderful. Nice to see you, Bruce. <laughs> and we're welcoming you. for the first time, this is Tricia Paoluccio. Hey. Is that the right way to say it, by is the way? It is. Name? You said it right. All All right. right. Thank you. It's very rare that I get it right <laughs> on the first shot. So uh, consider this a win already. <laughs> All right. So, Bruce, you, yeah. uh, you guys wrote this together. Together, both we did, okay. and with her husband, okay. who was also our director. Okay, and uh, as I said, it's a, it's a Dolly Parton esque story. It's really about a well, guy who got help. It's about a, about a guy who's a uh, kind of a, a comic who never was. He's in his forties. Uh, he's gay. He's working as a waiter at a comedy club in New York. The pandemic hits. The club closes. He his relationship breaks up. He goes to uh, quarantine in the attic of his parents' home in Longview, Texas where he has an intense, intimate relationship with his imaginary friend, Dolly Parton. Do you you know what this puts me in mind of? It puts me in mind of the Woody Allen uh, played against Sam, where it's sort of... Well, where Bogart is always on his shoulder. Bogart's on his shoulder. It it, it certainly is an homage. I love this. That kind of stuff, yeah. And that someone... Because we just talked about music and how music can, you know, during the times when we're at our lowest, also when we're obviously joyous, but that... um, Using Dolly Parton as a conduit to get through to the other side, basically, correct? <laughs> well, exactly right. Yeah. But it, uh, it's, I, I mean, Woody's thing started with his passion for Bogart, 
you know. Yeah. And this started with Trisha's passion for Dolly. Uh, she has been a Dolly. Yeah. Uh, so she was in 9 to 5, the musical, in the Dolly part. She's had Dolly on the brain since she was a tiny <laughs> pale Stand too. by your man, too, you did, right, with the, the Tammy Wynette? I did. I yeah. did. I played 14 different characters, and one of them was Dolly Parton, so Gabe asked me to audition for that. I normally don't work with Gabe, but I said, okay, I'll audition for this because I want to play that little And that Dolly he's Parton. your husband. Yes, yeah, husband. Director, yeah. Yeah. yes, yes. And so I did get to play Dolly Parton um, at the Ryman Auditorium in Nashville, uh, you know, a long time ago. And so that was the first time I... And Dolly was aware of you. D- Dolly was aware of... She was supposed to come to that show, actually, but right. then 9-11 hit. It was right. right at 9-11, so everything kind of went, you know. Right, but, yeah. But... So I don't really know. She does. She is aware of our show. She, she watched is. our Zoom and read our script. And well, I, I've written for her over the years. I was part of the writing team of her ill-fated Sunday night variety show. I remember well, this. Well, you, uh, you called in sort of. To- I was called in. I was part of the uh, the, the rescue team that oh. was called in. You know, after the it, it kind of went belly up and then we came in. It was less than a year, right? I think. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. just one season. And yeah. we, we turned it into a kind of a, a Dolly special every week. We, she opened Dollywood then. We did a show there. We went to the Grand Ole Opry, went to London, went to Broadway. So, uh, but it really, it kind of like flamed out. And I think I, I, I couldn't save it. So I, I owed her one. And this came along and I thought, this okay. Is great. And so she apparently agreed. Well, <laughs> what, you know, Bruce, it, what, what was the time frame of that, uh, that show? When was that? It was the late 80s. Late 80s. Yeah. Okay. All right. I remember the whole, because uh, the buildup, the anticipation. You oh, it was huge. Yeah. One of but, the you know, they, great entertainers yeah. uh, getting a variety show. But it's it's always lightning in a bottle with well, these they, things. Well, you know, they wanted her to be Carol Burnett. Yeah. And and she's not Carol Burnett. I mean, she's always Dolly or right. some variation on, on Dolly. Uh, she's not that kind of, a, of an actress or a comedian. And so uh, uh, it was hard to find things, you know, to do. I mean, to, and also to people to play off of because she's such a distinct personality. You know, the thing is, is that uh, at a certain point, I think uh, everyone has to come around and admit just how cool Dolly Parton is because Dolly Parton, you know, there used to be sort of this, oh, well, that's sort of hokey or blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. Yeah. We talk about this all the time. If you look at the volume of music, the amount of songs that she's written, mm-hmm. classic oh. songs, her musicianship, yeah. her singing, we, it's oh, yeah. undeniable. We she's spoke amazing. to her probably like uh, 23 years ago or something like that. Mm-hmm. We talked to her since then, but I remember asking her, I'm like, Dolly, how many songs have you written? She's like, well, I've written... Eight, you know, seven thousand and some odd <laughs> songs. I, I'm I mean, like, kid you the, not. The subtitle of the show is "How Dolly Saved My Life in Twelve Easy Songs." Yeah. So, but we had to winnow it down. I mean, yeah. it's, it's been fifteen, sixteen songs. Of course, you know that's a lot for somebody to sing eight times a week. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, Dolly would never do that. So, <laughs> uh, but but there is a tremendous catalog, and and I was I didn't know you know she'd want to do it because it's not you know her brand. She's got this brand. I mean, and uh, I said I'm amazed you can do this between sure cancer and staging a moon landing because what hasn't she done <laughs> right, right. I mean, she wrote a book with james patterson she has a yeah. cake mix for christ <laughs> i mean it's unbelievable what she has that's uh, a book I just... she's got what dog food now is that what Do- is her... doggy well she's doggy couture doggy <laughs> couture oh, doggy so Parton. you can make your doggy into a dolly all right <laughs> and it's sold out like in 20 yeah, yeah. Trisha, Bruce mentioned uh, singing those songs, and so Dolly has a high register. I mean, if you listen to the higher notes of Jolene when she gets up there on that chorus, that's got to be, are you uh, naturally a soprano or well, something? Or I, I have to tell you, I, I, I first heard Dolly Parton when I was a little girl. I'll never forget. I heard it on the radio. I heard Here You Come Again. Mm-hmm. And 
I remember saying, I was at my dad's office, and I remember saying, this song, this song. And it was before, you know, the Internet and before we could get lyrics easily. And I remember someone on a computer typing out the lyrics for me of Here You Come Again so I could learn that song. And I... I just simply didn't know that you weren't supposed to copy. So I copied Dolly's vibrato when I was a little girl and I wow. my whole life. So this is not hard for me. I I just know how to do it. Hmm. I learned how to sing because of Dolly Parton. And so I, even though in my real voice I don't sound like her, I think I have a, a lower register. You do. Yeah. I can talk like her and I can sing and I can hit that vibrato. I just I don't know. I just memorized oh, that's it exactly. Awesome. So. Just that little bit. Yeah, I mean, but that because it's such a we know that sound. You know, over the course of movies and t- and, and yeah. songs along so so on and so forth. You mentioned earlier, uh, Gabe, your husband yes. and director, that um, he asked you to audition for something back. Uh, I guess you know in your in your uh, uh, resume, and you were a little reticent at first. I would imagine that might be kind of difficult. Someone you're involved with who is directing you or or. Um, cur- criticizing what you might be doing, that could be a volatile sort of minefield to negotiate. I have to tell you, I have tremendous respect for for Gabe and for all of these years of being married to him. I have really enjoyed hearing actors, you know, experience with Gabe and talking about what a wonderful director he is. To get to be in the room with him and be directed by him, I it is... Ninety-nine percent of the time, I'm in what awe. What about the one percent? With the one percent, I have said a couple times. I have said a couple times in rehearsal. I just don't want you telling me what to do. You know, and, and so, so that that has crept in when I didn't agree with something. But in general, Gabe and I have a very good relationship and friendship, and and I do really respect him, and he respects me. So it's been nothing but a pleasure. Well, you're still together, so obviously we're, we're still yeah, we're yeah. still hanging in there. But there um, we go. <laughs> I just did a, a long weekend. Uh, Dave Matthews Band puts this uh, annual concert on in the Gorge, and uh, I was lucky enough for uh, four nights to sleep on Dolly Parton's old tour bus. Yeah, oh, and, uh, you did yeah. that. Yeah, oh. and it, it was just it, uh, listen. She was in it probably fifteen years ago, but th- there's something really cool about being <laughs> anywhere that she has ever been. She she's a saint, really, yeah. and and yeah. Uh, like the free books program that she has for oh. kids. It's just really remarkable. There's just there's nothing bad you can say about the woman. No. I was on that. It was a great bus. It's a really nice bus. Whoop, whoopie, when Whoopi was doing Hollywood Square, she was afraid to fly, and she would go back and forth in the bus. And no she, kidding. And she rented Dolly's bus. And so when I took a trip with her, of course, when Whoopi goes coast to coast, we stop at Popeye Chicken. Every, <laughs> every place we could find one. There are some states where you can't find one. Yes, but it was the, other than that. And we, we discovered that the driver said this was not the first time he stopped at Popeye Chicken. <laughs> so I think Dolly may have had a taste. You know? Bruce, a, a bucket list spot for both Steve and I is Dollywood. We want yeah. to go there oh, someday. I've never been. I'm sure well, you, you know, we, when we opened it, when she opened it, uh, it, she put her whole her family on the payroll, you know, and that's one reason why she sure. did it. We have a joke in the show about it. This is her every cousin she has, and there are she has twelve kids, so there are many, many, many cousins and nephews and nieces. They all work there, so um, it was very sli- uh, small. I mean, the clog dancing was the highlight. <laughs> that was that was at noon. The bell rang, and the whole family came out and clogged and okay. you know, dancing. Now she's got roller coasters and yeah. jet skis, and there's a, there's a resort that she's attached to. Yeah. And I mean, it's a whole. Now it's yeah. it's like a, a, a nation state. Now, when well, I was twenty, I was cast. Uh, I, I could have worked there for a summer, and I so wish that I had. I didn't take the job, but I should have because well, I would have had some great stories. Why did you pass her being you such a what? fan? Because I know, I know, because I got it was like summer theater, you know, for me, and so I chose to do. 
I chose to do Grapes of Wrath, actually. <laughs> I, I Equally as fun. <laughs> it's basically nine to five. I was Rose of Sharon. Yeah, so I chose to do that. But I should have. I should have. It would have been great stories. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's pretty wild. So what era of Dolly do you cover in the show? Is it just one? Or well, are you kind of this my, ethereal? The, the um, era that, of Dolly that I loved the most is when I was a child. So the 80s. Like, yeah. I love that era when she was just... Islands but, in the stream and yeah. yes, and, and, nine to five and, but, and but I feel like Dolly is an ageless yeah. being, yeah. and so, and I'm certainly not, you know, however old she was when she was how, like thirty. You know, I'm yeah. not thirty, but I feel like because she's an ageless being, and you don't really know how old people are on yeah. stage. Yeah. Well, I'm just an ageless. He, he Dolly. falls in. He fell in love with her. Our character Kevin fell in love with her in the '80s when he was uh, a teenager in his parents' attic. And there is a poster of her in that period, which is kind of like how she appears. Okay. <laughs> and we call it Here You Come Again because uh, she keeps coming back to him. I, rem- I remember. Years. I remember, Bruce, the, and it was actually, uh, there was some country show when I was a kid and Porter Wagner and Dolly mm-hmm. Parton were on oh, yeah. And I remember Porter saying, who built that woman? <laughs> I'm like, dear <laughs> God. And, 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 uh, and then, but she was, she was. The thing was, like, right from the get-go, it's something that we all love in people mm-hmm. is self-deprecation. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah, exactly. you know, and that is such an endearing quality. And the fact that she's been managed to keep her head on she, relatively straight through so many decades is yeah. amazing. She's, she's smart, and she shoots from the hip. I mean, she, she says it, she sells it like it is. She's very aware of the look, you know. It's, yeah. You, you wouldn't believe how much it costs to look this cheap, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And she, I was arrested last night. I was partially behind bars. <laughs> <laughs> she knows what she's, her brand. <laughs> yeah. And she's faithful to it. And that's what we wanted to be faithful to it, of course. And she has uh, uh, the right of veto over everything. Everything we do, we send off to her to make sure that it's that it's dolly kosher. That's are you, wild. Are you getting feedback from uh, people who can relate to the uh, the main character and seeing you know a, a certain guiding light in in uh, well we haven't in her um, music no one has really seen the show yet oh really no, this so is we, it this we, is the world you're, premiere you're going to help us get oh, yeah. people wow. into the seat well, so we haven't uh, opened yet we're in tech we're about to start tech rehearsal so we're mm-hmm. very excited to present our show to the Wilmington audience so we can They're get great. that feedback well, and. And know what we have here. We the excitement could... level is high. We're reading a lot of, uh, of oh, you know, pre-anticipatory so. reviews well, and, 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 and uh, breakdowns of the show. But is the ultimate goal perhaps a, a Broadway run or well, something of that nature? I think right now what, we, I think what we're doing right now is we have, I think, six productions around yeah. the country. Okay. There are many, many more theaters that want the show. But we want to see what we have. We want to yeah. hone it. I think that the, the character of Kevin is a, a very relatable character. He had... He lost everything and has to pivot. Yeah. And at least as an artist, so many of my friends and so many people I know had that exact experience. They had to leave their New York or where they thought they were going to have their career. They had to go back home. They had to let go of relationships. They had to let go. And so I feel we created a character that's funny and charming. And I, I we love Jameson Stern, who plays the role of Kevin. What a great actor we found in him. But it's a relatable character and i i do think that we did write a show that is truthful to if it could be true that dolly parton would visit you in your isolation period during covid i really believe this is exactly how don't you Mm. think dolly would be this way to a to a fan she was actually releasing i don't know if you guys recall but she was releasing sort of um 
at least weekly sort of inspirational yes, at the I beginning know. of COVID. Yeah. She was she releasing did. these sort of, and, and honestly, I don't know who would not be, oh, well, Dolly says it's okay. Yeah. Uh, yes. Well, then it's okay. And she gave Moderna a million dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. To develop the vaccine. Right. Uh, look, looking at pictures of you uh, done up as as Dolly Trisha. Know, who's this? You know, like, uh, I gotta ask. Yeah, where, do, do you stuff or do you, uh, are there basketballs or what are we talking about? I, 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 there is so much that I relate to with Dolly Parton. I have to tell you, I really do on a, on a soulful level. But when it comes to her looks, yeah. I am. I never wear makeup. I don't care. <laughs> I do not. I don't wear high heels. The most challenging thing. Is, here's, here's the secret. I loan her my boobs. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we have. I have. I have the man you. boobs of the century, the, the, and I just. I, it's artful. I stand behind her, but at an angle. It's really. This is theater. Yeah. The body is built by our incredible uh, costume designer Bobby Pierce, who I've known for 20 years, and uh, so no, that what you see on stage is artifice, but. Well, so it's astonishing. It looks seamless. The, the state of the art. Did you? <laughs> did either of you see Pam and Tommy, the Hulu series? Oh yeah. yeah. What What they did. Ah. Yeah. In recreating Pamela Anderson, uh, Pamela Lee at the time, yeah. uh, that was all. Pers- I, I there are full blown nude scenes. I could not discern. Both my wife and I were sitting there saying, "Where does she end and the thing begin?" Because you couldn't tell. Pretty they won the Emmy for that, by the way. Yo, yeah, I'm not yeah. even joking. Yeah, yeah. Over, the, over the weekend, they won the, the uh, makeup award for uh, it was one of these categories, non-prosthetics or prosthetics. I don't know what they called it. Yeah, the talking penis like three different the makeup categories, yeah, yeah. and they yeah. won. And I thought, for Pam and Tommy. And then it occurred to me, oh, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah no, absolutely. Bruce, yeah, you've, you've written for a ton of awards. I have, so I'm the god of award show writers. I've written them all. Yeah. Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony, I have 25 Oscars. Nine Tony shows, a bunch of Emmys. So you're somewhat of an EGOT guy, then, I'm I guess. I'm an EGOT guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Lady EGOT guy. <laughs> but, I mean, you are singularly responsible for some of the most iconic... Yeah. When, listen, when hey. I used to love award shows, uh, and, and they, were, they were... To me, they were, you know, you'd have... Uh, Entertainment that was really entertaining, and that I don't want to sound like it. I walked two miles in the snow to get to school, but the, uh, but the uh, they were they were fun, and 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 there was uh, you had you were one of the the, the writers and and script. Punching I was. Up people. And in fact, I wrote the year your previous guest, Stephen Wright, won an Oscar, you know. Yes. He did a short movie, and he and he won the Short Subject Award. And Billy was hosting. Billy Crystal was hosting. And, we, and Steve came backstage. We all looked at each other and said, can you believe this? <laughs> it's amazing. I said to Billy, make a short movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I, he's Academy Award winner, Stephen Wright, for the rest of his life. I think Stephen Wright actually said in his speech, if I recall correctly, he says, I'm, I'm glad we cut out those needless 51 minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. <laughs> wow, no, that's, that's that's cool. So, so this is the world premiere. Yes. Um, you know, Bruce, you've been at this forever. So, I, mean, I did a world premiere here, a Sign of the Times, which was Petula Clark music, ah. and we had a great time doing it. We had a fabulous. The is, audiences are terrific, and I love this theater. Any at this point, with all you, know, you were both seasoned performers, is nervousness even an issue, or is it just you just wanted to be the best you can be? I. I think that we're at a delicate moment in our rehearsal process right now. We're just about to start tech. We've just memorized our show. You know, right. there's a lot um, to deal with uh, when we when we head into tech. But I think we're feeling pretty confident yeah. and excited that we have this opportunity to. We're going to present 
our whole show before yeah. we start cutting because we want to see what the audiences respond to. We want to know what songs work, what don't, you know, what, right. what doesn't work. So we're we're really looking at this um, as an opportunity to see what we have and see what the audiences think. And cool. you, you go into what I call the alpha state, which is like you everything else dissolves around you and you're just focusing on the show. So if you, you're not as nervous so much as you just are focused on the thing and i mean i was talking on the way up here about i asked if we'd heard back from somebody uh on a proposal i put out and they said no you know it was labor day weekend and i said oh it was we were in rehearsal i don't uh, know it, it, oh there was a holiday yeah, yeah. I, I have a really interesting experience uh when when i'm about to do this show of not feeling nervous, I almost don't think. I, I really just, my my only goal is to try to be as transparent as possible to let Dolly come through. And she knows what she's doing. Yeah, yeah. So I really, it's very strange experience. she's really good. I'm not, she's so good. I, <laughs> on the other hand, I'm a mixed bag. But but I, I really, that's my experience as an actor playing this part, is I really just get out of the way and I try to let her shine through. And that's my number one goal is I really want the audience to feel like they got to be with Dolly for that's cool. 100 minutes. That's awesome. Trisha, this is probably a, a random weird question, but are you friends with Rosie O'Donnell? I am. She uh, commented on, on a post that you had recently, and it just seemed like a personal comment. It was congratulations to you and Gabe, your husband, for, oh. for putting this out. <laughs> um, and so where did that friendship come from? Um, I did a Broadway production of Fiddler on the Roof, and ah, she came go. in, to and she played the mother, and she was wonderful, and we became very close hmm. uh, friends, and we've remained close over the years, and um, she uh, is a real has been very supportive of the show. and yeah. She's a massive uh, theater fan. She oh, is. Massive. She is. I and, wrote and, the Tony Awards that she hosted. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twice, and, I think. And she, um, she actually read our script and really thought it was a, a little gem. And um, I, I actually think, think of Rosie in this show a little bit because um, her love of Barbara, St- it's as if, Rosie was quarantining in her attic and Barbara Streisand. <laughs> right. you know? oh. So that's kind of the feeling. Can you imagine how <laughs> what she would experience? And she's a comedian, of course. And so anyway, it's been really um, nice to have her support. Cool. Excellent. Well, you're going to get lots of support from people coming out to see this show. It's going to be opening September 14th through October 2nd, Delaware Theater Company. And you can look into getting your tickets at DelawareTheater.org. And uh, it's called Here You Come Again. And it sounds like a lot of fun. I love the and idea. Really cool yeah. and uh, great music, obviously. So yeah. mm-hmm. we're looking forward to uh, tremendous success in this, guys. Thanks thank for coming back. Oh, thank you so much. Pleasure to be here. Our ark is outside. <laughs> <laughs> we have room for two more animals, and you choose amongst yourselves. We got a couple of them here. <laughs> thank you, guys. Bruce Valanche and Tricia Panuccio on the show. We're going to take a break. We'll come back in just a moment. Stay with us. The new and improved MMR app is out. It's faster, better organized, yet fully customizable to your liking. Start poking around now. If you want the latest rock news or Sarah's Rock Breakdown to show up top on your app feed, easy. Need to stay current on everything from the Preston and Steve show? Choose so it's delivered right to the top. Browse the latest station merch in the MMR Rock Shop. Look for Marissa's App Hack videos to get the ultimate user experience. So update your app now and then customize it to make the new MMR app your app. 
All right, our next guest is on uh, to speak about a uh, show that's going to be on tonight, 8 o'clock on Fox, and it is called Who Really Killed Michael Jackson? And if you've ever watched TMZ, you certainly know this gentleman. Uh, please welcome Mr. Harvey Levin yeah. to the program hey. today. Harvey! Hey, guys. Hey, man. Uh, so, all right, how long has this been in the works, man? Because this, uh, obviously, this story's been around for quite some time and didn't know some of the details behind this. Yeah, I mean, we look, we've been working on this for months and months, but really years. I mean, we broke the story of Michael Jackson's death, and we started, we started looking at why. And, you know, initially, it seemed, you know, pretty neat and tidy that you could say Conrad Murray, the doctor who was at his bedside when he died, right. is responsible for Michael's death. This is so not the story. Hmm. It is so not the story. This was a quarter century in the making. All right, so... Michael, so, so Michael was hooked on drugs yeah. since 1984. I don't know if you guys remember back, but there was a... He had a horrible accident during the shooting of a Pepsi commercial where his scalp got burned. Yeah. And they put him on opioids. But the thing is, they never took him off it. And then doctors, some doctors, started realizing, you know... We can ingratiate ourselves with Michael and be around a big celebrity and even get other celebrity patients as a result. And they would do that and just keep fueling his addiction. And they did this for 25 years. So, so in this case, um, Harvey, uh, and I finally saw the, the Elvis movie over the weekend and a big fan of This Is Elvis and other documentaries. Uh, uh, you know, Brian Wilson, the, all these people, as you say, have had these suckerfish type doctors that attach to them and give them whatever they need and, and so in a way they can help you know raise their own profile and, right. and benefit so you're right conrad murray was sort of isolated as the beginning and end of the story he was the one providing the propofol to michael jackson you're saying there were more doctors outside his uh outside of that story that we're, we're not familiar with Numerous doctors, but I'll tell you, there's one, there's one guy, his name is Arnie Klein, and he was a Beverly Hills dermatologist, real famous. Arnie Klein um, fueled Michael Jackson with Demerol every single day for three hours at a time, hmm. almost every day in the months leading up to his death. Um, Debbie Rowe, who is Michael's ex-wife and the mother of two of his kids, actually went on camera. She's never spoken before. She would not talk about Michael, but Debbie Rowe worked for Arnie Klein for 27 years. That's how she met Michael, and she talks on camera about what he used to do in that office. And it was to a point, exactly what you just said, where a celebrity would call up and say, I'm having a party on Saturday night. Could we get some party drugs? And they would invite Arnie Klein to the party, which is what he wanted. And then when you'd show up at the party, there'd be 90 Percocet in a, in a candy dish. Mm. And she talks about this and even says, I, I mean, starts sobbing and says, I, I don't know how many people died because of what happened in this office and she felt partly responsible but it is shocking and you're so right that they use this as cred to get other clients to get other patients it's a, it's um you know you think back i was watching a, a, again a, a recent documentary brian wilson being driven around and you know one of the absolute uh, a genius uh, michael jackson i, I saw that by the way yeah, it was really good it's really good but you have a guy who's been rendered almost you know in so many ways just 
parts of him have been shut off by the, the you know, the medication yeah. and the doctor, uh, the, the quote-unquote doctor that was caring for him. And you wonder how might Michael Jackson's life have had played out uh, if he had not been this this medical experiment for these um, these horrible doctors. Well, and, you know, and and it's interesting because in spite of a lot of this, I mean, you know, when you look at Thriller, that came out after he became addicted. So, you know, and, 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 and so many other things he did. So it's almost miraculous that he was able to produce what he produced, you know, given his... No, yeah, I, I remember... It got worse over time. Seeing the footage, you know, This Is It was the documentary. He was, you know, gearing up for that, uh, that run of shows, I guess, at the O2 Arena. Mm-hmm. And uh, all that preparation, and This Is It is basically rehearsals leading up to that. And if you watch that, you're just dumbfounded at how, I mean, amazing the ability to bring it on stage, knowing how drugged up he was. Well, let me, let me, let me just say something about that, because we get into this. He wasn't amazing on stage for This Is It in the rehearsals. Really? He was struggling. He was, there was no way he was going to do this tour. He was at death's door. And you know what? There were a lot of people in the company that produced this that knew it. And we got depositions of these executives. And they had sent emails around talking about Michael being, looking like death, despondent, drunk, just out of his head. Wow. And, they, and yet they kept pushing him. And, and you, these depositions are just unbelievable as you watch them say, I don't remember sending that. Well, it's how could they possibly not remember some of the things you're going to hear? It's it's shocking. Hey, um, as far as you know, was there ever any attempts to get sober? Yes. The family tried a couple of times, uh, tried an intervention, and it didn't work. And I really understand why that didn't happen, because here you've got the family trying, but then you've got doctors mm-hmm. that are enabling him. They continue to. And when Michael died, he had 19 different aliases he used to get drugs from various doctors. So they were all using these aliases and and, you know, Michael was eventually kind of manipulating things with these doctors, but he was doing it because he was so hopelessly addicted and addicted because, you know, these doctors fueled it. Is there, uh, Harvey, with all this stuff opening up and with this Dr. Klein and so on, is there any way to look at, you know, legally into what they were doing? Are there any ramifications that other people might face besides uh, Murray did? Interesting. It's fascinating stuff. So that's on 8 o'clock tonight at Fox. You guys are diving deep into this stuff. Uh, Thanks, Harvey. We appreciate it. We'll check it out. Hey, thank you, guys. Really appreciate it. You got to take care. Harvey Levin, guys, from TMZ. So I didn't know he was like a legal columnist for the the, the LA Times and stuff. Yeah, for the longest time. Um, And obviously, depending on how you feel about TMZ, some people consider it, you know, horrible. And other people, you know, consider it a a valid uh, gossip or or entertainment news source. I like some of it and some of it I don't like. I agree. You know what I mean? And I think he was. Because every now and then they they break some real stuff and you're like, okay. They do. That's real news. And then other times it's like. Really, man. Seems a little 
predatory. Yeah. But uh, that said, uh, with stuff like this, they tend to do a good job. But, I mean, you remember, they, I mean, they, they reported, you know, having, so you, you just had your colonoscopy pressed. I know you're going to be getting it. Yeah. They gave you propofol. Yeah. They, had, they said there were bottles of propofol in his, uh, like, a whole medical refrigerator mm-hmm. and that he would basically get an IV of propofol to go to sleep at night. I yeah. mean... And knocks you out. You're living it's as a zombie. Out. Yeah. yeah. Wow. All right, well, I got some B-File stories, so let's dive in. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre all right, we'll start with something on the disturbing side out of Cumberland County, Pennsylvania. And I need to see if there was a follow-up because I, I got this story over the weekend. But um, on this uh, this past week, a mysterious pool of confirmed human blood was spotted uh, in a neighborhood. And there are still no answers. Um, a neighbor, a guy named Paul Kennes said, I'm in shock. He's lived in this neighborhood for five years. He said, I don't know what to think about this. Um, the chief of police, Christopher uh, Rubenstein, said that we have no signs of that a crime was committed. Police are calling it a peculiar case. It's just a pool of blood. Yeah, so Rubenstein said, all we can say about the amount of blood at this time is that it lends itself to the revelation of a very serious injury having occurred. A four-by-seven-foot pool of blood was found in the parking lot exit of Silver Springs Courtyard's Retirement Center on Saturday morning. Another pool of blood later on was only feet away in the grass. The police also located a pair of black Ray-Ban prescription glasses near the area, a new piece of potential evidence. So there's the big pool and then the kiddie pool. And yeah. then the, the chief said, uh, we have at this time been able to account for all the residents of the retirement center. There was nobody found and there were no other signs other than a pair of glasses. So weird. The question remaining for neighbors is, is this a crime scene or the scene of a serious accident? In a typically very safe neighborhood. So officials are trying to narrow down the eight-hour window, believing that uh, the incident happened between 11 p.m. Friday and 7 a.m. Saturday. So it's just this weird pool. They think somebody was really hurt. Is there a follow-up? There yeah, is, do so. you want the update? Yeah, sure. Um, so it is human blood. Uh, they said that a, a man contacted them, I guess, after seeing the report uh, and told them that he fell and he hit his head. After ah. suffering a medical issue, he was walking home from a football game on Friday night. How do you... He was able to get home and treat the injury, but it was his blood from his head. Yeah, how do you bleed that much? That much? And not go to the hospital. All right. All right. Hey, okay. solve. Case solved. Case right. closed. We should have one of those, you know, yeah. give me yep. the uh, current affair. Yeah, yeah that I, one would actually work. All right. Where case wait, solved. Wait, where is it? Can you say it again, brother? He, he can't find oh. it yet. All right. Ready? Case solved. I don't. Where the freak <laughs> is it? I, I don't. I don't have I don't. it. Oh, my God. I'm so mad. I, it might okay. be. Uh, I'm, I'm, he's so good with them I normally, that we're used to getting okay, it. Got, last thing. All right, case closed. Case closed. All right, how about this? Security video shows the shocking moment that an amorous couple having sex in their car were busted by three thieves. The incident occurred in Brazil with surveillance footage subsequently shared to Twitter. Night vision video shows the three thieves approaching the white vehicle parked on a quiet suburban street. The trio violently pry open three of the car's doors in an attempt to jump in <laughs> and make a quick getaway. 
Uh, but they're startled by the not-so-autoerotic uh, activities going on inside. The lust lovers were completely naked, splayed out across the back seat, and partway through their steamy sex That's session. not what you call a defensive posture. However, the brazen carjackers didn't let romance thwart their thievery with one of the robbers pulling the pair out of the car and pushing them onto the road. They were having sex! They were left standing stark naked in the street before the thieves threw their clothing onto the road, jumped into the vehicle, and then sped off into the night. So they at least through the clothes right. to them. we got to come up with a good story. Uh, the lovebirds were subsequently seen sheepishly putting their clothes back on, appearing stunned by what just occurred. It's unclear whether the carjackers were later apprehended, and it's also unclear who posted the surveillance footage to Twitter. Even if you're a carjacker, uh, come on, go to another car. Have some respect. All right, how about this? A man trying to smoke out a woodchuck from a hole <laughs> caused a fire in an area that spread to plastic culverts in a tree. I was trying to smoke the woodchuck out of the ground there, and I set the fire, and it got out of hand. <laughs> the black smoke billowing behind a barn. They get into everything, and I figured I'd just make this little effort to try to get the woodchuck on and burn down the whole goddamn block. Uh, behind a barn recently caught the attention of conservation officer Ben Shively, who was... I called res- up, Ben. ...was responding to another call. Shively advised Central Dispatch of the Smoke, uh, then went to investigate the situation. Big and, old fat old Shively. And he found a man behind the barn who said he was trying to smoke out a woodchuck from a hole. You've had... You can think of the countless stories like woodchucks and, and bees and, and oh, oh, yeah. people, people yep. incinerating things. Mm-hmm. Uh, the woodchuck hole is next to a plastic culvert tubes that were stacked in weeds next to a tree. The smoke bomb caught the weeds on fire and the flames <laughs> spread to the culverts in the tree. Oh, dear. Shively. <laughs> Shively used his backpack water tank to prevent the fire from spreading to the barn until the fire department arrived on the scene and extinguished. Finally going to get to use that backpack water pack. <laughs> Had this thing for five years. Far enough for that Amazon. Uh, all right. And then uh, one more story. That's it. Okay. Yeah, uh, an angler found out the hard way that just because marijuana is legal in Michigan, you can't consume it anywhere you want. Officers with the Michigan Department of Natural Resources cited a man recently after he blatantly smoked marijuana in front of them and blew the smoke in one of the officers' faces. Officer Joseph Deepin and Officer Brad Sillery were at a public launch, and they were uh, checking with anglers who were using the area. Uh, The officers came across a man, asked him for his fishing license. As the man was retrieving it, he started smoking a joint in front of the COs. Uh, Deppin reported asking the man, so you are really going to smoke marijuana right in front of me? And listen to this. The man goes, the man took a hit. He then exhaled the smoke into his face and said, it's legal, bro. (laughs) Uh-huh. He was an issue to citation for <laughs> consumption of marijuana in public. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, even though it may be legal, you can't smoke it everywhere. You know, there are that more arrests case. for pot. All the all the areas where it's legal, I think because of this very situation, Preston, yeah. people are confused as to whether or not yeah. what they can do with it. Supposed to do that at home, friend. All right, and there you go. That's what I have in the bizarre file for you. Let's take a break and come back and uh, test your knowledge of today's program. The lesson question is up next. We'll get our trash. We'll get our music news and more. Stay with us. If you like what you hear... You can see it, too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush on Xfinity On Demand. Celebrate the coziest season with Acme. They're bringing all the fall flavors to you. From pumpkin everything to caramel apples and all your seasonal favorites. 
Make the most of fireside dinners, game-winning touchdowns, and warm family gatherings. Acme's here to help you spice, season, and savor every moment. You'll find fresh inspiration, chef-curated recipes, on-demand cooking classes, and more just waiting to be enjoyed. So slow down and fall into flavor at acmemarkets.com slash fall. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Uh, actually, I got a I got a nice email concerning the A to Z with an interesting little twist, and it's kind of a um, scholastic theme. I got this from uh, Jared Bitting, who is a uh, tech and engineering teacher at Fleetwood Middle School. He said, uh, with a back to school A to Z this week, I thought it might be a good time to ask if you could share information about my nonprofit. It's the Rebecca L. Bitting STEM Education Fund. And that's uh, rlbstem.org. He said, I started this in honor of my wife who passed away uh, after a 15-month battle pit with pancreatic cancer. She was a librarian in the Allentown City School District. Uh, And uh, Trexler, it says Raub and Trexler Middle Schools. I think I'm saying that correctly. Raub decided uh, their library and STEM center in honor. And I am trying to raise funds to complete her dream of a STEM center for students in her building. So that's a nice little... That is very nice, yeah. Very nice. And uh, tying it into the A to Z, I do like that. So uh, if you want to help out with that, uh, it is rlbstem.org. So, Jared, I'm happy to uh, pass that along. So thanks for reaching out and terribly sorry to hear about that. It's horrible, uh, yeah. It's a nice way to carry on um, what she loved. So... All right, in the meantime, we're going to ask a lesson question. We're going to give away a pair of tickets as we, the President and Steve Show, present Bill Burr, Slight Return, Friday, September 16th at the Wells Fargo Center. The question that we have, have to go with, I, I think I have to, there's a couple of them that I could do here, but how about this? In the grand scheme of life, what do chili cook-offs do? Uh, 215-263-WMMR. I've we might not get a winner it's on a this tough one. one. I'm not sure. But it is, a, it's true. In the grand scheme of life, what do chili cook-offs do? And that's from our 6 o'clock hour this morning. 215-263-WMMR. Let's see if you were listening and you remember and you want to win something. Give us a call right now. We'll do the trash while you're calling in. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. All right, in the meantime, let's get some stories. What's going on this morning, Steve? Well, after a very long hiatus, Survivor. We'll be returning to the BBC for a 16-episode run. The BBC says producing the UK version of Survivor is difficult because the disgusting things the contestants eat are still better than regular British food. Ah, Oh, my God. Adele celebrating winning an Emmy for her CBS special Adele One Night Only. Critics immediately jumped online calling her out for award shaming. And finally, Kelly Clarkson observing... The 20th anniversary of her American Idol win, Clarkson took the opportunity to finally admit she sabotaged Justin Guarini by taking a dump in Paul Abdul's sob and blaming it on him. Whoa. <laughs> That's your favorite track. All right, thank you very much. You've got 20 years ago. 20 years. That American Idol debuted. That's insane. Well, had no idea. All right, so we're looking for an answer to this question. In the grand scheme of life, what do chili cook-offs do? 215-263-WMMR's number. Remember, you you had to have been listening right. in order to possibly get an answer to the question. So, um, yeah, like I said, I didn't think anybody was going to get this. Uh, we'll go to Dan. Hey, Dan. Hey. 
Hey, in the grand scheme of life, what do chili cookoffs do? Cause gas. Well, that might be true, but it's not what was said on the show. So I'm sorry, that's incorrect. All right, let's go to, we'll go to Greg next. All right, Greg, you there? Yeah. In the grand scheme of life, what do chili cookoffs do? They come and go. Yeah, there you go. You know, chili cookoffs come and go. But the Malibu chili cook-off is forever. It's here forever. All right, and since Greg got it right, we are going to give him a pair of tickets to see Bill Burr. Woo! We're presenting this show, Slight Return, Friday, September 16th at the Wells Fargo Center. Is this from A League of Their Own? Yes. <laughs> uh, and uh, tickets are on sale now via Wells Fargo Center, Philly.com. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3. All right, uh, we had a nice recap of all of this earlier this morning, but I will definitely reiterate that uh, the Foo Fighters uh, performed for the first time uh, since Taylor Hawkins' tragic March passing on Saturday, taking over Wembley Stadium in England for a star-studded tribute to the musician. Uh, They were joined uh, by a huge roster of musicians at the concert, from Hawkins' self-proclaimed idols to artists he made music with outside of his main band. And among those who performed were uh, Rush, uh, Getty Lee and Alice Lifeson of Rush, uh, Brian May and Roger Taylor from Queen, ACDC's Brian Johnson, Liam Gallagher, uh, Travis Barker, and a host of others. In fact, there were unexpected reunions. Them Crooked Vultures got back together. The James Gang come back together. I, I mean, come on. And a big, big surprise, Paul McCartney yeah. performed. He and Chrissy Hind did some stuff together. So there were a number of people there, including members of the band's own family. Shane Hawkins and Olivia Grohl each spent time on stage. What's the um, lineup like for the L.A. part two of this? Yeah, there's... Uh, I find it... It's pretty similar. Is it? Yeah. Well, good. As yeah. as in some of the same people? Or? Oh, a lot of the same people. Oh, no kidding. Well, that's yeah, cool yeah. because okay. I thought, man, this, this, how are they going to top No, I, and Steve, I mean, uh, you know, it's still two weeks away, three weeks away. But, sure. Um, so you could get a Corey Feldman coming in. You know, you never know. Yeah. A uh, special guest. But um, the basic lineup is relatively similar. Uh, but they've managed to One cram in. things that uh, Taylor specifically says is, don't have Corey Feldman there. <laughs> Because he's terrible! <laughs> Paul was angry. Angry. That they went forward with they, that. They, they, yeah, he said specifically. Uh, so, yeah. Gene Simmons is going to be there. Gene will be there? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I can imagine he was definitely a Kiss fan, for sure. Would the owner of a black Acura <laughs> please come to the security booth? Your headlights are on. <clears throat> Jesus. Everybody's got to have a role. <laughs> uh, I'm looking at some of the people of the names that I don't see uh, that were on this one, uh, like Chad Smith. Uh, the Chili Peppers had a yes. gig that night here in Philadelphia, so Chad Smith will be there. Nikki Six, uh, like uh, um, uh, Nick had said, Gene Simmons. Pink will be performing. Leanne Rimes. Mm. Uh, Alanis Morissette, of course, he played in Alanis's touring band. Yeah. Uh, so a few extras are going to be on board. For, Miley Cyrus is going to do the American version as well. Did you say Nancy Wilson? I did not. Okay, yeah. So okay. She's on, and then, but just like in London, you get Getty Lee and Alex Lyson, and that's just amazing. Wow. <laughs> I think she, uh, Marissa might have put a list next to you, Preston, of something. No, no. Oh, 
He's, he's a love note. A love uh, note. Well, no, it's the same exact thing he was looking I at. I think you choose. <laughs> this note, Marissa just handed this to uh, yeah, no, that's that, so that's that's respectable. Um, that you know, yeah. it's uh, and, and honestly, I think Alanis needs to be there. So this is cool. Oh yeah, yeah. So some of the songs there was a fifty song playlist. Liam Gallagher played with Foo Fighters. They did uh, "Live Forever," they, among other songs. I'll just mention one or two. Uh, Chevy Metal did a bunch of different songs. Uh, that was his cover band. Um, the uh, uh, Wolfgang Van Halen came and uh, did "On Fire" and "Hot for Teacher." Uh, and them Crooked Vultures did a cover of Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, among other songs. Uh, you also had uh, The Pretenders for Br- the Brass in Pocket and Precious and a bunch of songs. James Gang did Walk Away and Funk 49. Brian Johnson, Lars Ulrich, and Foo Fighters did uh, Back in Black, among the others. And uh, Let There Be Rock and Stuart Copeland got up and played Next to You and uh, Every Little Thing She Does is Magic. Getting Alex uh, with Dave went through the Overture from 2112, and they did Working Man. <laughs> That's to be cool. And then they did YYZ with Omar Hakim on drums. Uh, Roger Taylor and Brian May, along with Luke Spiller, did We Will Rock You. Uh, I'm in Love With My Car with uh, Rufus Taylor. You know, just a bunch of great performances. And when Foo Fighters got together collectively with a, with a rotating list of uh, drummers, they did Times Like These, All My Life, uh, The Pretender, Monkey Wrench, Learn to Fly These Days, Best of You. Um, and they closed out with uh, my hero Shane Hawkins on drums. So it was uh, Taylor's son, and then they went into Everlong, and that was the last song. But Paul McCartney and Chris, uh, Chrissy Hine did Oh Darlin', and uh, Paul did uh, Helter Skelter. You ruined it! <laughs> Helter Skelter. As well. He said, Why don't you do it with Chrissy? I'm like, Oh, she was in the Pretenders. She'll be fine. She's terrible! I guess Paul, in his older age, yeah. now knows that he can, yeah, he can he, say what he, he wants. He can say what he wants. With impunity. And he does, it does not matter. He, he doesn't care anymore. You better perform well, man, or <laughs> hell hath no fury. Paul don't care. Paul don't care. <laughs> PDC. 50 years older, then it looks like a face is melting! <laughs> <laughs> So I don't know. Uh, 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 no, 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 don't get Pierre. So it's, it's available on Paramount Plus out right now. Yes, sir. In segments. Well, I have to check that out. Yeah. Yep. Marissa handed me a note. That says, "Want to hang out after the show? Check yes or no." <laughs> <laughs> Do you like her? Don't like her? Say that. <laughs> I, I checked yes. <laughs> she likes her. Likes her. Right. Uh, by the way, speaking of uh, Dave Grohl, Nirvana have won the lawsuit filed against him by Spencer Eldon, who was the baby featured on the cover of the band's 1991 album, Nevermind. This After- always seemed like a thin lawsuit. Oh, God, yeah. After the judge dismissed the case for a third and final time. Eldon Take a hint. originally filed uh, the lawsuit in August 2021, claiming that the iconic cover image is child pornography and $650,000 in damages. The band's representative said that Elton had spent three decades profiting from his celebrity as the self-anointed Nirvana baby. Uh, Dave and Chris Novoselic had dismissed Elton's case as not serious. On Friday, September 3rd, U.S. District Judge Fernando Alguin, Alguin had, uh, in Los Angeles, wrote in an eight-page ruling saying that Spencer Elton waited too long to file a lawsuit claiming that Nirvana sexually exploited him based on a 10-year statute of limitations. 
And it was pretty easy to see that he was just looking for a money, it's a money grab. grab. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Eldon has uh, filed three versions of his complaint, and Algoin uh, dismissed. Uh, the dismissal prevents him from filing a fourth. So that is done. I wonder what happens, though, as far as the court cases, I mean, the court costs of the other, the people he went after. Because yeah, sometimes they'll stick the person who filed yeah. the uh, uh, the complaint with, with the bill on that. I mean, so. it was absurd that he's like, he, this guy would walk into the bar and you go, dude, nice penis on your baby picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, baby a... penis. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why do we have that? Baby penis. Wow. We needed that for so long. It's from Family Guy. Yeah. Apparently. I have one last story. Ozzy Osbourne will perform the halftime show Thursday at LA's. uh, What? Super Bowl. Stadium. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was Bowl. thinking you were doing Super Bowl, and I was like, oh, okay. Well, no, no, no. The NFL kicks off on yeah, Thursday. Yeah, at SoFi okay. Stadium. So it'll be uh, the, <laughs> the the Rams are playing the Bills. It's um, great to, to be here at the Super Bowl. And uh, Ozzy's latest album, page number nine, drops <laughs> the next day, September 9th. So he'll be performing on that. It's uh, uh, Ozzy uh, and Lizzo do the Super Bowl. <laughs> <Dude, laughs> <you> imagine. <laughs> And that is the last story I have in music news for you. All right, uh, Tattoos Day. Last chance for you to win a Preston and Steve themed tattoo. So make sure you text word tattoo to 39333. Floating World Tattoo and Piercing. Mm. They're the ones that set us up with this, and they're fantastic. You can find them on South Street or just do a search at Floating World Tattoos, and you'll get to take a look at their awesome They're going to do Kathy's uh, official tribal tattoo. Yeah. Oh, yep. All right, so we're going to take a break. We're going to come back in a moment, and we'll wrap the program up. Stay with us. We'll be back in a sec. Get social with Preston and Steve and WMMR. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok, and probably other places. Hey, you've heard us talking about Krista. She's beautiful, classy, and brilliant, and she's so easy. Krista is Stephen's most loved engagement ring. Picture her, a bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant-cut diamond expertly set into a classic, solitaire, Tiffany-style setting. Krista will guarantee you a yes. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com and click on Krista to check her out. Visit Stephen's showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. You buy real diamonds from a real jeweler that you can trust. It's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Rolling Stones in our back to school, Z 93.3 WMMR. It's everything that rocks. Live with me. And we're in the, the lives and lives, I guess, because you got live, you got live. They're spelled the same. They're pronounced yes. a little bit different. So uh, we're going to be... Uh, we're going to start living in a little while here. And liven. Uh, and liven after midnight. <laughs> uh, so uh, the the L's are a nice category. There's a lot of really good stuff. I'm looking down the road a little bit. And uh, once we get into the uh, the LO's, we're going to spend a long oh. time there. And then once you get into the loves. Love. There's a number of la, songs. La, 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 I don't know if there's a Luke, but uh, there's definitely loves. Luca? Lots of loves. No, I don't think we're going to play Luca. No? My name is Luca. Yeah, from Suzanne Vega. I no. live on the second floor. It's a nice song. Well, it's about child yeah. abuse. It's not really that nice. But it's a well, love. What was that pretty song about the kid getting his ass kicked? <laughs> but it's a, it is a, it's, it's a lovely melody is what yeah. I Yeah. 
It's a great song. Plus, the lyrics are troubling, but the, it's a real toe tapper. Yeah. Uh, I want to thank our guests for being on the show and all the people that have been a part of today's program. Uh, thank you to Stephen Wright. Yes. He was on today. He's at the Keswick Theater. On Thursday, nice start to him. We also have Bruce Falange yeah. and actress Tricia Peluccio. And they are uh, presenting Here You Come Again. It's this interesting Dolly Parton thing. And it's at the Delaware Theater Company. And it's going to be around for a couple of weeks starting September 14th. And Harvey Levin from uh, TMZ was on to talk about who really killed Michael Jackson. That's a special. It's on yeah. Fox tonight at 8 o'clock. And you know I'll be watching. I know you will. And thank you. To a special appearance by Jackie Bam Bam. Yeah! Jackie, and our announcement this morning is that Casey, Jackie is going to be joining Casey <laughs> for Casey's big adventure as the two of them drive across the country uh, starting on the 19th. They're going to be leaving from here and they drive all the way to Los Angeles and we will be chronicling every bit of that live on the air. And we'll see how it goes. We're going to have to send them off in fine fashion on that morning. And, uh, and then... Uh, let, let them loose. But the first day is your longest straight through travel, right? You, yeah. You're trying to cover a lot of ground early, which I think is a smart move. It's going to be a 12 to 13 hour drive. Yeah, oh yeah. My. Yeah. Driving With, to St. Without Louis. stops. Yep. Uh, except to shave. He's going to shave your entire What if Monday. I need to go to the bathroom? Yeah. Well, we'll we'll bring a, a cooler for you to pee in. <laughs> or poop. Uh, so we're getting ourselves <laughs> set for that. So it was nice to have uh, Jackie on to... Uh, uh, to tell us that he could get the bass player of Cinderella for an interview when they get to Los Angeles. He's in the new monster movie. Yep. <laughs> um, Pierre Robert's here. Hey, man. So you're leaving on Monday the 19th. Now, and you're coming back that Saturday. Yeah, red-eyeing it back Saturday into Sunday. So when I came out here in the original Minerva microbus, I was under, a, of course, I waited too long. Um, and then I was under a crunch to get here to meet friends that were helping uh, us move, and I had to do it really quick um, in five days or something like that, six days, and it was it was everything I didn't want a trip across the country to be uh, because of how I mean I stopped and picked up a hitchhiker who I later met in the middle of New York City. Uh, wow. Oddly enough, interesting. Just wa- just turned around a corner and there the guy was, but. Bob Richards, was that his name? I don't know. Anyway, and he helped me drive for a while. Um, and I brought one plant that's still alive today. Wow! Uh, oh. Asparagus. Was it, sequoia? Uh, it was. It was a redwood tree. It's, <laughs> it's now where I live, in that redwood tree. Just a sapling then. It's amazing. But, um, um, the plant is still alive. I don't know how. But um, what I was going to recommend is that you start like three or four days earlier. So it, what, I, what it did was... All the reasons you've wanted to drive around the country is the same reasons I want to drive across the country. If you started, like, on Friday, I know you want to do it during the show, or on Thursday, the week before, you could not kill yourself in the process. You could have a a more leisurely drive and do the things you want to do by driving across the country instead of running to hit all these field posts or uh, whatever you call them. uh, Signposts. And... um, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, take take another couple days. Start earlier so you don't have to. Let's make it two weeks. You, you want to make it a two weeks? <laughs> I think that's right, a fine idea. Um, 
But I mean, if you if you're starting on a Monday and you've got to hit a red eye on Saturday, that's a brutal drive that you're yeah. putting yourself in for. Um, I'm just going to warn you in advance; it, it might be challenging. And but if you started like on the Friday before or the Thursday before, you could still do it during the show, check in during the weekend, and then have yourself a little more leisurely journey. It's a little too late for that. <laughs> Never too late. Absolutely could be done. Yeah. It could be done, but yeah. uh, you you may have already committed to this other path, but you probably could change it. Just a recommendation. Yeah. What we shape just... you, you arrive in on Sunday will not be pretty. I'll tell you that. Probably not, but uh, it's oh. all going to be worth it. Okay. Don't say I didn't warn you. <laughs> Remember right. when they go in those cartoon shows into the forest and, and the trees go, you'll be sorry. <laughs> And, of course, your company is something else altogether. <laughs> we'll be all right. It, it's, just, it's the exact opposite of Chuck D'Amico. You're going with... <laughs> I can't believe you're going with him. It's so great. It's going to be good. No, it's, it's going to be good. good. Even if it's bad, it's going to be good. No, it's going to be great. I just <laughs> recommend you start three or four days earlier so you don't kill yourself. Well, maybe we get... You know, if just, you st- I mean, you want to leave during the show if you left the Friday before. So come in that Wednesday w- before, the week before, and if you feel like, yeah, I'm going to go today. Just go. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, can you get that car here? I'll just take my car. You can do it. Yes. It'll work. Bam, bam. And Casey. It's going to be good. It's going to yeah. be an afternoon show. <laughs> well, they'll be checking in with you. Yeah. You know, throughout uh, the I'll be on vacation that week. Oh, will you? Yeah, sadly, they won't oh, be checking in with me. Oh, bummer. Man. Yeah. Okay. That's what you get for not consulting me before. <laughs> Apparently, we made a huge mistake. That's all right. It happens. All right. Uh, well, we need the letter if you're ready. Ah, uh, yeah. All right. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. All right. The President and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter M as in miracle. All right. And we have a Pisic round barbecue and fire pit kit from Landis Block. And Landis Block, you can start imagining... Your own backyard paradise by looking at the photo gallery, and you can find that online at landisbc.com, and we will give that away on uh, Friday, which is awesome. Uh, Before we find out what's coming up on your program, uh, Pierre, we have to give away our Tattoos Day prize. Oh, God, it's Tuesday. Yep, we've taken the text messages all morning long, and... We have a winner. It's Eric Paraskevas of Sewell, New Jersey. And Eric, you're the owner of a brand new Preston and Steve show themed tattoo. And that is courtesy of our friends from Floating World Tattoo and Piercing, giving you a $350 gift certificate. And uh, check them out. Floating World Tattoo and Piercing is 1729 South Street. The great people. Uh, and for artwork samples, visit floatingworldtattoos.com or check them out on Instagram at floatingworldtattoos. What's up with the program today? More A to Z. We're, we're in the letter L, are we? We are. All right. So lots of L's and um, also the Shinedown tickets. I have oh. great seats for Shinedown and I believe a meet and greet with nice. the lads. Coming up this Sunday, so stay with us. Good people. All right, I want to thank our sponsors, President Steve, brought to you today by Duncan. The President Steve Show runs on Duncan. Also brought to you by Acme Markets, fresh foods, local flavors. Acme, official grocery store of the President Steve Show. Tomorrow, the program, uh, let's see, Wednesday, so secret text word, uh, Fox Good Day, and also a couple of great guests. We love Gary Goldman. Yeah, Gary's He'll great. be on the show, and we love Kevin Smith. Yay! He will be on the show getting ready for his Q&A tomorrow night for Clerks 3. That's it. We're done. Rage on. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow, friend. Bye-bye.
To everyone who's dealt with the hassles of accessing healthcare and thought, it shouldn't have to be like this. You're right, it shouldn't. Partner MD is better healthcare for an even better you. Much more than concierge medicine, Partner MD is healthcare the way it should be. 24 7 access to care, virtually no waiting, and the one on one attention you need to help maintain your healthy lifestyle. Visit partnermd.com for pricing and more information.